0: Welcome to the Shelf Shedding Movie Show. I'm your host, Jason Dubray, and today we are going to be talking horror anthologies. We're looking at four horror anthologies, and I'm not by myself for the first time in a while. I actually have a guest. Uh, Returning guest, Kelsey Moser, is here to talk about uh, these horror anthologies. Welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you for having me again.
0: Very different than uh, talking about Studio Ghibli.
1: Yes. Yeah. A little bit of a jump there. Yeah. I um, I always, I don't know, when I think of, I always tell people um, I'm so drawn to kids' movies or horror, it seems. Uh, When I first moved out of my mom's place, um, I couldn't bring my entire movie collection with me. And uh, I always tell people that I didn't intentionally do this, but I brought my favorites with me and I noticed a very uh, even divide of Disney and Studio Ghibli and all those like Don Bluth films that I loved Uh as a kid and scary movies. So I always (laughs) think that's kind of an interesting uh, uh, divide. But yeah, those are where my that's where I go (laughs) to.
0: Would you ever have a night where you would combine the two where you'd watch a Disney movie a horror movie or something.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. When Disney started, when Disney plus started putting horror movies on there, I was just so tickled. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I think, you know, especially if there's, I'm pretty good. I used to get really creeped out, really creeped out. uh, When I started kind of dipping my toes into some of these movies, uh, the scary ones. So I think I maybe would watch one of those, comforting Disney ones or you know Ghibli or you know one of those to um kind of calm me down a little bit. So maybe there's there's like a little part of my brain that that that's a soother. I don't know.
0: So um your your thoughts just in general about horror anthologies, because they're kind of a, a different thing. So we're mm-hmm. only talking to only talking about four movies, but we're gonna be talking about a lot of different stories here. So how do you feel about that? Would you rather have one long horror movie that wraps up in an hour and a half to 2 hours or do you like this idea of having several different stories with sometimes a little bit of a loose link together, sometimes a very solid link?
1: I think um I did notice I I like when there's a link. It does not have to be directly really like there's there's a i i i like when there's something that links you know what i mean and i they all they all do in a way but i did find that i have when i when i was kind of thinking about which ones stood out for me the ones that i tended to favor definitely had like a little bit of a stronger link story-wise yeah like i like i i did like the uh even just thinking about Breaking up my time, kind of thing. There's, uh, I'm, I'm a teacher. You know, very busy, right? I'm doing my masters as well, so I, yeah. I'm finding a lot of my, um, my free time is not is spent doing that kind of, that uh, focusing on other things, right? So it is nice to be able to um, break up my viewing experience a little bit. Yeah. So. That is, I don't know, I, I don't think I absolutely need the hour and a half to two hours experience. I mean, some of them are really effective in giving you the, the spooks just in that little 20, 25 minutes, half an hour. Yeah.
0: We have two Stephen King anthologies to bookend, and we're going to mm-hmm. end up starting off with the, the, the first one. And I think it's kind of a bit of a pioneer as far as a horror anthology, even though it's not the oldest movie that we're talking about here, but creep show. Then we're going to take a look, go back a little bit to the 1970s to actually a TV movie, but it was uh, kind of a three-part, three stories called Trilogy of Terror. Uh, then we're going to take a look at an uh, interesting story of how it's become a cult classic, but uh, it's, of course, the newest of the, of the four we're talking about, Trick or Treat. And then ending off going back to the 1980s with Stephen King and Cat's Eye. So those are the four. Is there anything else you'd like to say about them, uh, just as far as introduction before we get going?
1: Uh no, I think I'm. I think I'm good. Coming soon.
2: Jolting tales of horror. Creep show the author of Carrie, The Shining, and Cujo, and the creator of Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead, you'll scream at ghastly ghouls, cringe at weird kids, and shiver at the doings of evil doctors. This is going to be extremely Painfulness (laughs) Painful, to Vero. Creep Show will grab you, grow on you, and give you the creeps.
0: No, this is going to be an entirely new experience.
2: <laughs> Creep show. The most fun you'll ever have being scared.
0: I've said, and you mentioned it before, you're a Stephen King fan. I'm an Mm. enormous Stephen Stephen King fan. And one of the things that's interesting about Stephen King is, no doubt wonderful novelist some people don't have patience with his kind of his payoff they don't like his his setups and very creative setups to his books but sometimes in the he kind of goes to the same well time and time again in the last third of his book but he is no doubt a great horror novelist and his ideas are classic and almost everything that he has done and they're working on ones that are seemed unfilmable are they're still are potentially coming out soon and so this has been since the 70s he's been the man a couple of potential weaknesses are when stephen king writes his own screenplays sometimes it sort of works Uh, i'm i'm thinking of pet cemetery other times it it doesn't work as well Mm -hmm. the other piece is that he will sometimes i don't know whose idea it is sometimes maybe it's his other times it's other people's idea to uh he's inserted into an acting role Mm -hmm. in a cameo sometimes Right. and again I, I i wouldn't say that's compl- it's nice to see him it's not completely successful i think there are a couple times depending on the director how it would work i would say uh, last few years uh he makes a little cameo in it chapter two uh mm-hmm. that didn't make me cringe and <laughs> he was also b- back in like the mini series of of the stand the the first one he actually had a a slightly larger role i i thought he did okay with that but there are other times where he's you know it's a little bit distracting and what's interesting about we're gonna be talking about creep show and one of the stories he's the lead and it's almost it's pretty close to being a one man show of stephen king so we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit here but creep show was uh just this Uh, kind of an homage George A. Romero the great George A. Romero and Stephen King were friends and they collaborated Uh, apparently like this was the only time that George A. Romero didn't write a film that he directed so he directed Stephen King wrote the screenplay for Creepshow this was the first Stephen King screenplay that was uh, produced there were several others in fact Cat's Eye which we talk about later they had some marketing which claimed it was the first screenplay by him I don't know if something happened where they thought what cats i would be out before creep show or why that is but mm-hmm. this was the first time and you know I, I think there are some high points and maybe some low points but this is a classic i mean mm-hmm. horror movie community creep show is so big there were two sequels there's a tv show on shutter which i haven't seen yet people love creep show mm-hmm. i've been more I, i've kind of I'm more in the middle. I think first time I saw it, I liked some segments and some others I didn't like. But mm-hmm. I was like, it's okay. Second time I saw it, I liked it more. I think I was maybe more in the spirit of things. Mm-hmm. And since I last watched it for reviewing for the show, I just... I keep thinking about it. And I think I there's some magic to it where I like it more and more over time. That's where I start with, with Creep Show. Uh, any mm-hmm. general thoughts before we get into the all the different stories?
1: Mm-hmm. I think that um because i had never seen this before mm-hmm. watching it for the show and i will say that i kind of had to stop partway through and kind of retweak my brain a little bit uh, and and kind of think about they they do some really stylistic like really interesting things that made me appreciate it more so whether or not I loved each one of the story segment, I can appreciate what kind of vibe they were going for. And I think that they, they did a very good job. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. Like it I, I was one that I that's the one I probably have thought of the most since or like out of all four of them, because I really had to kind of sit and digest it a little bit, which is really cool. I like when something makes me do that. So I did. I did. It, I really appreciated it.
0: So, I mean, the general idea was a celebration of Kind of these comic books, yes. which were uh, horror based. And and I guess parents, you know, of, of like children, 50s, 60s would see this as trash, right? It'd be, right. you know, like complaints that maybe some parents might have now about, say, video games right, or, or some other things that kids are into that they don't completely understand. Mm-hmm. And what Romero does really well visually, which you're kind of alluding to, is kind of taking that idea of like those, um, that artwork. Mm-hmm. and and then leading it into each of the segments. And we're, we're, we're looking at this very much through the eyes of a little boy who's being given a hard time by his father mm-hmm. for reading it. Uh, the, the little boy, and this is kind of the bookends to the film, is played by stephen king's son who's now a very established novelist named uh, oh, cool. joe hill um i recommend his his writing but he's this little kid and he's being a give, given a hard time by his dad and his dad is played by a little bit of a, a horror icon named tom atkins and him and the kid get into a little bit of a fight over this and uh the kid throws in his face well You think this is disgusting? What about your porn magazines?
1: (laughs) I did enjoy (laughs) that. That was pretty fun. Uh, And
0: then we we watched this boy read through uh, all of these all of these different stories, these kind of lurid, pulpy, horror stories. And first one we look at is is called Father's Day, and it's uh, essentially about this uh, horrible man who's kind of abusive to his family, and he ends up being kind of brought back from the dead, and then we have a little bit of a kind of a zombie feature, which is well within uh, George A. Romero's wheelhouse. Yes, uh, And just a couple of recognizable faces, uh, the one that I was most happy to see is Ed Harris. Ed mm-hmm. Harris plays this, young Ed Harris plays this guy who's marrying into this family and mm-hmm. he doesn't quite know exactly what he's, uh, what he's getting into. I, I think to me, the highlights of this story are just seeing Ed Harris. It's spoilers, not in it a, a whole lot, but he is in it. Also with some crazy dance moves. Yes. <laughs> I quite like,
1: enjoyed Whoa. that. Yes. I don't, yeah, I <laughs> was really happy to see him in there like i i kind of looked up the films and like saw the the cast list and i I, there's a couple names in this whole the whole movie that i was just kind of tickled to see yeah yeah the uh the the dancing the dancing and just the oh gosh it's i I guess this
0: is 82 they aren't that Mm. far out of the the disco era like but i don't know harris is doing something which is i don't know what it's kind of like carlton from the fresh prince of bel-air uh, mixed in with some like late 1970s disco but it's own weird 80s thing so
1: and it's it's so funny to me to think about like cuz the idea is he's meeting his partner's family and getting yeah. to know them right and it's just so interesting to me to think of this big well-to-do family and sitting around with drinks and and cocktails and like yeah. smoking cigarettes and you're like hmm, shall we just disco dance why not that just that's totally natural right that's where you go so i did enjoy that i, I laughed like i there were a lot of chuckles to myself yeah with this with these yeah <laughs>
0: that's just part of it too i mean some people mm-hmm. will also refer to this as a kind of a dark comedy Right, too, that there's sure. humor as well as the horror in here. So it, it's also that dance has been mentioned as uh, one of the two most awkward dance scenes in the history of 1980s cinema. The other one being oh. Crispin Glover in the Friday the 13th movie, he does this, this odd dance. I don't know if you
1: oh, I've seen Friday the 13th yeah. a few times, but now that you're saying dance, I'm trying to was, not have I'm not being successful in conjuring it up. So it maybe just, five, maybe four, I blocked it out.
0: Maybe, like this is one that opens the film, other than kind of the lead-in, you know, and yet it's, I, I don't know if it's necessarily one of the more memorable segments. Uh, I don't, I find that other than talking, Ed Harris is in it, and he he's fine, and the, the gore effects and the makeup mm-hmm. effects, where I appreciate Tom Savini, the great uh, effects man, worked on this, and the practical mm-hmm. effects look amazing for mm-hmm. it you know I, I think there's there's a couple things where s- some things are a little bit over the top but that kind of works with the style of the film
1: right uh, and yeah yeah
0: that's kind of in between for me I mean it's not something I dislike but it's not my favorite in this uh in this anthology
1: right and like I again I like I, I said I had to kind of stop myself part way through and remind myself that it, this is supposed to be very much a comic book inspired yeah so I think when you think about it from that, everything makes, yeah, the, the graphics are, I mean, for 82, they're fantastic, right? Mm-hmm. And they really lean into that last shot where they're bringing the head in on a platter. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I can see that in a comic book. And then the, yeah. I don't know, the I, I, I was kind of like the, the big thing with the zombie The zombie of this terrible man is doing is where's my cake? And I just kind of was sitting and I'm like, Real, like (laughs) like it was, I was, yeah, I kind of agree. It was like fine, Mm. the graphics, the weird dances gave me a chuckle, but I just I just kind of was a little a little thinking, I mean, I'm kind of taken out of the moment when it's just Mm. cake. Where I want my cake. If you're reading, Mm. That's exactly what would happen in a comic book.
0: But even Stephen King's writing, Mm. you Mm. could see those big capital letters with the exclamation marks. He does that Mm. a lot. And now, again, you can sort of get by that when you're reading
1: it. But when you see it in front of you and you're at, yeah, yeah. And an actor's
0: having to deliver that.
1: I mean, it
0: it seems less scary. And I I think the effects look really good and scary, Mm -hmm. but yeah, the, some things are, you're kind of laughing at it and maybe not for the right reasons. I, I
1: suppose. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, you know, I wouldn't have thought I, I had not it's been a while since I've I have quite a few of his books, but it's been a while since I have picked one up to read. And now that you're saying it, I'm I you kind of Oh, yeah, 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 I totally see the way you read it is very different than how you experience it. And I think like, as someone who's acted, like I kind of like, what would you do with that line? I don't know. How, I don't know how you make that any less than or any more than what it was, right? Like, it's just kind of a <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I don't think you can play it no. psychologically real because that's oh, no. just not what you're asked to do if you're no this zombie Mm -hmm. it reminds me a lot of how King writes and he does write about a a lot of abusive characters Right. and the abusive characters will kind of bellow like that and repeat Mm -hmm. these these odd lines but yeah and sometimes it can work really well and Mm -hmm. and so so but I you know I I sound a little bit mixed on it I think that's what it is it's it's kind of like there I I almost feel like it's maybe something would have been better as like the second or maybe third or fourth story as opposed to the first story yeah yeah Yeah. I didn't you know it's not the one that sort of gets our attention as much but but it's I I I I have nicer things to say about it than probably the second story that we're gonna look at are you good to look into the the next one Yes, yeah.
1: let's let let's let's go to that one. <laughs> it sounds well, like uh, I I'm, I'm inferring that our feelings are very similar. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think they will be. But the interesting thing about okay, the Lonesome Death of Jordi Verrell, uh this is the one that Stephen King stars in as a uh, a man who is on this farm and a meteorite lands on his farm and uh then kind of turns everything into a, a plant the, the horror world is kind of interesting as I've like started to look into things and the nostalgia for movies of the 70s or 70s and 80s but now now very much the 90s is some things that were viewed as just awful when they came out people start to have some sort of affection and I've heard some people say that they actually have come around to this story hmm. liking it. For some mm-hmm. reason I'll, I'll start off with the positive that makeup is amazing and like the makeup mm-hmm. job they do on on king but and I, I think kind of from the beginning i guess one of the things that apparently when he agreed to be part of the project there tom atkins wanted to play that role but georgie romero said no St- stevens claimed that role mm-hmm. so i guess i don't know because they were friends and stephen king wrote it or whatever i, I mm-hmm. suppose he had and this is the start of Stephen King, you know his movies and his books. It was like uh, a license to print money. I mean, and this this was one of the few horror anthologies to actually make money, and it was a, it was the only time George A. Romero had a number one movie at the box office, on his opening weekend was Creepshow. So King, at already at this point, had enough. Say that he could say, "Okay, I'm going to be the lead in this in this this crazy story." Mm-hmm. But it, it it's it's not good. It's it, mm-hmm. like the it's the acting is not good no this is probably the the one and only time that he was given a lead role and maybe somebody was able to tell him afterwards that it doesn't work or he could see for himself Um, but i also heard that he had been directed to play things up like almost like to play uh this guy like like,
1: it is the slap John yokel like it it really is if you took that simpsons character yeah. and put yeah, him into a horror movie like it's 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 literally it's so close to that it was yeah it was it was i felt awkward watching it like i this i really t- i really tuned out of it and i and i really appreciate what you're saying about how someone can watch and then gain an appreciation for it and the more you watch it you find things you like and sometimes i really do enjoy watching things that are like objectively terrible it's you know you get you get enjoyment there's many movies out there that one of the reasons they are so popular is because they're fun to watch like you do not take them seriously you 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 watch them to kind of laugh at them right I just as someone viewing it for the first time I really struggled with it (laughs) yeah that's where
0: I was yeah first time I saw it to the mm. point where I didn't think there was anything good about it. I mm. I wasn't in a place to appreciate right. the, uh, the design and the right. effects and everything. Like, all of that, like, what, what happens to King with all that makeup. Apparently, he had a massive allergic reaction, by the way, when, oh, he, really? when they did the makeup tests yeah. or something. They had to pump him full of uh, either some drug or something so that he could actually shoot it because he Was so allergic to to this stuff, and I don't know if that's
1: massive, it's so much too, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I this is the one, this is the one that I kind of paused it and said, What? Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> but again, and for the rest
0: gonna be this bad? Is the <laughs> problem because well,
1: I, I, yeah, I think it was kind of a point to to pause it and say, Okay, what because I had kind of Read about it, and the fact that it is a class—you know, it's it's a big deal within the community. I just haven't seen hadn't seen it before, and I kind of thought, okay, so what what in this? And the makeup the makeup is amazing. I think what they do to make it, as I said in the other one, to make it really fit within that comic book style is very impressive. The lighting, the the very dramatic, piece, yeah, I, the, yeah, makeup's impressive. Um, I just. <laughs> I'm not there yet to fully enjoy.
0: If we we go back to the idea that this is something that, uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like eight to 12 year old boy would enjoy. Oh, this alien thing lands from space on this rednecks farmer's Mm -hmm. field. And then he turns into this plant man thing mm-hmm. or whatever yeah i suppose that might be interesting but yeah i i, I almost feel like this and I, I guess there's an animated creep show which uh which is uh, i didn't mention earlier too and this feels like it would be a good piece as an animated oh
1: yeah i agree a little bit more
0: than a live action but i i think if if they had hired and this sounds really mean but they'd hired an actor maybe there could have been some yeah. sort of like a I'm thinking of modern times now, a Nicholas Cage playing that role could maybe turn it into some, something kind of over the top hokey B movie right. going for. For but, sure.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, there is lots of, you know, creators that have like consistently done quick little cameos, right? Like, you know, you think of Marvel and uh, Stanley before he passed, but I think there's, a, they're quick. Right, they they are very quick, and maybe not in every instance, but maybe there's a reason for it. Maybe this is the reason for that. I don't know. I, yeah, yeah. I I don't know if it would still be my. I don't know if that would make it something that I just absolutely love. But I think that it would be. I think that probably. (laughs) would make a difference.
0: The, the writing would be tough to swallow for any mm, actor. I don't think it is, no matter what. This, this is one where it's, yeah, King's dialogue is is tough to handle mm-hmm. in this one. You know, and it wasn't well, it in all of these, but it's, it's I think it's particularly tough to handle in, in this one. So unfortunately- well,
1: it's all, I know there's fantasy scenes and whatnot where he imagines, but um, for the most part, it's all to himself. And in his books, you get like an internal dialogue, right? And that your internal dialogue is totally, it when you're trying to verbalize it or whatnot, like it's doing in the script, I just, it, it it's awkward, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and
0: I guess maybe the excuse is he's alone. Right. Uh, and okay. so he maybe does talk out loud to
1: himself. I mm-hmm. mean. Oh, and to the deer head. He talks to the deer head. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very oh. Wilson. Hey. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> not, not handled as well, though.
1: No, no, yeah. no. <laughs> We're now.
0: I go back and forth on this one. Uh, If this is my favorite of the stories, that something to tide you over. Essentially, this is where we get some really recognizable names, and we have Leslie Nielsen, uh, Canadian, in fact, and he, in fact, was is connected to the province of Saskatchewan too. But may you rest in peace. But Leslie Nielsen, not. Not comedic at all, and most of his early roles weren't comedic. He is a very, very wealthy man who's discovered that his wife is having an affair with Ted Danson. And Ted Danson, I think this would have just been towards released... Close to the time that Cheers was starting up. I'm not sure Ted Danson would have been the household the name. that he became mm-hmm. in the 80s because of Cheers. But mm-hmm. certainly by the time I saw it, Cheers was kind of what he was known for, and now like a million other things. But Leslie Nielsen has has come up with a rather diabolical way of getting revenge on Ted Danson and and his wife. Negatives, I I I would say, and this is to me a credit to, to Danson and, and, and Nielsen, Leslie Nielsen and particular i think they both have to choke down some pretty bad dialogue from king yet somehow they Mm -hmm. make it seem like it's real like they Mm -hmm. like it's it's a down-to-earth revenge type of story we we do have to have the comic book payoff so there's some stuff at the end uh which is ridiculous but leads to some really, again, kind of cool makeup effects.
2: For sure.
0: But I, I for me, I'm kind of invested in the human story and the revenge story. I, for some reason, I like revenge stories. So, it's the acting and and the concept. Even though I'm not sure this is the best written of the of the stories, but I think there's just something about it because the acting is so good that I always look forward to this segment uh, when mm-hmm. we get to the creep show. So, what were your kind of your first thoughts on? Um, Something to tide you over.
1: Well, I mean, I definitely, because my experience of Leslie Nielsen has been, I mean, the comedic role. So I was very surprised when I saw his name. I thought, okay, yeah, that makes sense in like a dark comedy. But he was so mean.
2: uh, (laughs) There was no, there, yeah, Yeah. there
1: was no like moment of lightheartedness. No, stone cold billionaire. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> revenge yeah. I, yeah I I I totally agree I think that him and Danson did such a good job with what they were given I was way more invested in this one and mm-hmm. I really like the wife as well I mean for, for the very little that she's on there I mean I like the,
0: Wait, I, I, be a criticism that she gets lost in the story mm-hmm. like, yeah
1: like yeah like I I did I was in it I liked it I thought that the uh, the whole digging yourself in a hole and like making the tide make it waiting for the tide to raise. I just kind of thought, Oh my god, I'm not claustrophobic, but want to see where I'd be claustrophobic. And I actually was like, When they're when you know he's making him dig his own hole,
0: yeah.
1: oh yeah. my god, that's rough, that's freaking rough.
0: You're, you can't move. And you know, you're going to drown and you have all this time to think about it before it actually happens. And then, and then when it hits,
1: and there's um, also like a little bit of, not when it gets so deep, but when it first starts, you kind of think, okay, like maybe they'll be able to hold their, you know, it's there's that little smidge of okay if they just do this
0: they're, they're, and you're, you're cheering for them that means cheering you're cheering
1: for them and i'm i was yeah. even trying to think i'm like okay i've been at a beach how would it be they, maybe they could maybe they could wiggle their shoulders or I just, yeah no, yeah well, I,
0: but but then I think yeah if it's in and if it, the sand is that tough I mean I think it would for be oh no
1: for sure I yeah. totally I just like it does give you yeah. that little bit of a glimmer you're like well the, it does go out at some point right you're like yeah. Feels like they're, they're I've never really been open. at a beach where there's like a tide come in. I I I very much am like a lake person, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I really have no concept of what goes on with a tide. Yeah, <laughs> it is interesting. I've, <laughs> well, I've been around
0: a few places where mm-hmm. you know you're 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 sitting somewhere. It's like, well, the water's way out there, and then there's this other point. It's like, oh no, no, I need to be back here mm-hmm. because where I thought was going to dry sand is suddenly immersed in water, I I just wanted to mention the name of... Galen Ross is the name of... She was in Dawn of
1: the Dead, right? The original... Yeah, yeah. original
0: Dawn of the Dead. She only acted in three movies. She was mostly... a director so dawn of the dead uh, another movie called madman and in creep show oddly enough creep show mm-hmm. this is her last credited mm-hmm. acting role and i yeah i think she does a good job the other two mm-hmm. and i don't know if it's because they're recognizable faces or I, again written by a male so it's kind of a male revenge perspective and this woman is mine type of thing which has all its problems but mm-hmm. uh,
1: I, there were a couple times, like just with it, with the with any of them that were the older ones that you kind of thought, okay, yep, yep, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a thing, yep.
0: <laughs> There's a story we'll talk about with Cat's Eye, which is also very similar to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really like this one, and I think mm-hmm. it's well worth the wait. I feel like the problem with the first two is that like the the length is is different for each of these. As they would mm-hmm. be in a short story collection, for example, mm-hmm. and I feel like we have more time with the characters and something to tide you over, but it doesn't overstay its welcome. I mean, it's right.
1: Well, he's even taking his time, like cleaning up the beach once to like to go back and doing that. He's he's whistling while he does it isn't he like he's and the fact that he's sipping a cocktail like just taking that time and like lounging watching this on his closed circuit tv watching these two people drown who wronged him and yeah it really lets you feel that and i think that that is i think something that stood out to me with a, a couple of them not just in this particular anthology but that i didn't have enough time to sit in a Moment, so I like that they took that time with this.
0: You get the sense that this is not the first time this guy has done this. No, maybe it's no. for different reasons, but he's done this before. You don't oh, absolutely do executed it as mm-hmm. well, it's almost perfect how it's executed. But um, right, yeah, I, I think just again the the choice that's made in the last scene, and I know they were they looked at a couple different endings for that story. Mm. Unfortunately part of it kind of makes me laugh more than it scares me. Mm. And I, I think that sort of if if I was to go with uh, another story being the best, because I think there are maybe two other candidates and you could mm. kind of wrestle between three of these as being the best in the anthology. If I was to not go with this one, I would probably point that out as well as some of that the dialogue. But I don't completely want to ruin it for... No people haven't seen this nearly 40-year-old movie so
1: well and i think that's the other piece too right i feel like again we we've said the uh, graphics and the special effects makeup for 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 this one is really good but it is 80s right so mm-hmm. there there've been quite a few advances and like that, that's something that kind of takes you like watching it in 2021 the impact is different because it it it's very much yeah. like oh hey that special it's still really good but it's it's very good Mm -hmm. the seaweed like the 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 seaweed zombies like that was really cool it's just yeah yeah i think that's the piece i think that's the piece that most links it back to that comic book yeah
0: that's the only thing about it that is though right is creep show and so i guess it has to be in there right yet you know sadly it's my probably my least favorite part of uh Mm -hmm. Of this segment good enough anything else you want to say about something to tide you over
1: ted danson i never watched cheers i've and i've really only experienced him in the good place oh yeah man he's good looking that's what i want to leave it on yeah.
0: <laughs> this shows us that you know ted danson is an actor he has more range than sometimes yes. we know because he's mostly been in comedic television shows mm-hmm. he's very good at that but yeah. he he plays it straight i mean the, the real shock is leslie nielsen for some people but the fact that both of them play the horror and the dead serious and, and really are kind of to me the acting highlights of, of the, the the movie. So yeah, you yeah. can tell I like this one. I'm going on about this one a bit more, but but I, I also like our next one, which is uh the crate. Mm-hmm. And Hal Holbrook is just an actor I really, really like. He has this this wife who just berates him, like gets drunk at these faculty parties, berates him because he's not getting tenure or the like the position that he should have Mm -hmm. and she's kind of part of the reason that that happens and then he discovers that this crate was delivered and is curious about what's in it and when it's released realizes that this is a very very dangerous creature that is now sitting in this on this university campus and the temptation becomes a little bit too great to be able to use this to his advantage mm-hmm. in this really, really, I, I think solid kind of creature feature, but it also has the elements of the previous story as far as a revenge piece. That So it's kind of got that human quality to it, but then also kind of the the fantastic horror elements that work well for creep show. So mm-hmm. the crate has grown on me. Some people, criticisms I've heard of it, I don't necessarily agree with because I, I don't mind something being a little bit longer. This is probably the longest segment mm-hmm. of all of them and that some people felt that it drags a little bit. I don't mind that because unlike those earlier segments, again, I felt like I got to know the characters and the situation mm-hmm. and you, you find yourself, the darker part of you comes out where you're really, you know, you can't blame Hal Holbrook for what he does yet on a, like a human morality level. It's not a good thing that that he does. Uh, and this brings the gore. This brings the violence. Uh, there's, there's some. If somebody's going to be scared watching this, I, I would argue they'd probably be most scared as opposed to creeped out. Actually mm-hmm. scared with the crate probably mm-hmm. above all all five so big recommendation for the crate not perfect no. maybe it's to me not as colorful or as fun as something to tide you over but I, I think it's a solid piece of horror just on its own what do you think about it
1: I agree that I like I do I like I don't mind the dragging moments either like I said I I feel like sometimes they they rush the story too quickly. And those moments of just sitting and that tension building, I think, is important in horror. I think that that is what builds that feeling of freakiness or creepiness or like being scared. Right. I, so, yeah, I don't I understand the criticism, but I also enjoy that i've always the the movies that i've always been the most kind of bothered by i noticed or or that have sat with me are the ones that i i noticed that a crit- on a, a common criticism would be oh hey it dragged on like i really enjoyed like the paranormal activity that one and that was a common criticism for that was that it dragged on uh, same thing with the witch right mm-hmm. i thought that the special effects the attacks were really well done like there's that one where the guy gets his face bitten into that you could see the teeth impressions and again i thought that was really strong special effects and the makeup and the oh they did a really good job i mean that's that's a consistent compliment throughout the film Is there
0: was the first time Tom Savini mm-hmm. used animatronics and had to ask for some advice mm-hmm. on how to do that, but it, it mm-hmm. worked out really well. But yeah, I feel bad for that. There's that poor uh, poor caretaker. And I know. It, like it's, it's, not, <laughs> it's not just like kind of nasty people who kind of get their comeuppance in this. There are some, uh, I guess, slightly more innocent bystanders. I, I know. What did you think about how they showed his kind of his internal monologue where he's fantasizing about,
1: killing Mm, uh, killing her I think that's that's why it kind of I don't know I I didn't get I don't know if I was supposed to get satisfaction out of how it ended with her and I'm I'm not saying the wife wasn't Mm -hmm. terrible but I think that I was a little and I know again I know I understand that we are we are not supposed to sympathize with that character because she berates and she embarrasses and she's She's not great. I don't like, you know, she, I don't, I'm not saying I side with that character. Does she deserve what
2: happens? I don't,
1: yeah. And like he's fantasizing about it. Like that almost sat with me more. I'm like, okay, so she mean you kill her. That's justified, (laughs) you know? I just, which is good, right? It made me kind of feel like, oh, I don't like that, right? It did, it did make me uncomfortable. Yeah. because it's seen as like kind of a, a happy ending and I wasn't comfortable with that so yeah. that I mean that evokes an emotion right so they I think they did a good yeah. job with that yeah
0: we're, we're <laughs> kind of left with I should probably use the character name here so Hal Holbrook but oh, uh yeah. Henry Northrup but yeah. with Henry we're just left with we kind of like sympathize for the guy but yet there's a certain nastiness or evil side that comes out and so he's one he's of these so
1: intentional he's so yeah. intentional about yeah. it and yeah. like just leave the gal they're they're clear I'm, I'm asking logic from an illogical world i do that a lot but i'm like clearly everyone hates her no one would no one would judge you no, Not one
0: bit. Not one bit. Yeah, she no, <laughs> uh, yeah, a real kind of pull on him, like this, this mm, power. Yes. And, you know, right. it's. I, I think again, King deals with these abusive relationships, right? More, and this is kind of like the reverse of the kind of the Jack Torrance Shining thing here, mm-hmm. where where uh, the wife is the abuser, and- right?
1: And that's 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 a but. Like I I I have kind of sat with that too. I'm like, but like she is being quite abusive. Like I don't know and, and the, uh, it, she's abusing him. She's emotionally abusing him and he is a victim, right? So there's also that it made me grapple with some things and really I was uncomfortable. So I kind of, it made me think I like, like it. Like,
0: King doesn't like bullies. No. And no. He, Not deals, <laughs> he deals with bullies in a very extreme way in his mm-hmm. work. And so, that's right. where we'll see this this overkill sometimes. Mm-hmm. sometimes his his bullies or his villains are two-dimensional or sometimes even one-dimensional like they're they're right. worse than you could ever possibly imagine here i believe this i mean i think i i, I know people i've seen people where mm-hmm. uh, one partner or the other is just so horrible mm-hmm. to that person in public and berates sure. them and it's even worse at home yeah. and so i i don't think he was completely out there like as, no anymore. no
1: i don't i don't think so either I think I'm just always I am always uncomfortable rooting for someone yeah to die, that's just something like I, yeah. that's how I, I, I agree. am in the world too. I really grapple with that whole, they are terrible. Therefore they deserve the worst thing. I, I just, so again, it's, it's, yeah. it's something that made me think and really kind of go back and forth on. I'm like, Oh, Hey did. Yeah. I just, I liked it.
0: There was no, I want my cake in this one. No, 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 there, no, there no wasn't. Mm-hmm. That, that's that, That's good. I think it is, again, I, I I feel that this is one of the, in the middle, we have our, our stronger entries. For sure. Moving on to their creeping up on you. I think this is a strong one too. But it's, again, it feels short. Like mm-hmm. first two, essentially this really kind of nasty uh, and somewhat racist billionaire who is uh, obsessed with keeping like germs away from germs and right. he's in this very sanitized hospital-like mm-hmm. apartment in, I would imagine, New York City and starts to have this infestation of bugs. Mm. And I guess this one works on the creep out level more than anything. If you're if you're bothered by bugs, then you're gonna get very squeamish during this i you know uh, yeah there there, there's some gore to it there's some some stuff in there where i think oh yeah it's it's kind of making me a little bit squirmy but i Mm. don't think it's scaring me necessarily but this is another one where wonderful actor e.j marshall Mm. character actor he's been been in a million things and this is close to being a one-man show kind of like the stephen king piece but it, it somehow works so we we do see the guy who runs the elevator doorman in his building a little bit to uh, African-American guy who has, you know, has to kind of maintain a smile on his face when dealing with this mm-hmm. eccentric gentleman. And I like how it plays out again. This is another one where, This is a horrible person who Mm gets his comeuppance. But how are we supposed to feel about that? Was again, was how nasty he is equal what ends up happening to him in the film? So Mm -hmm. I, I know some people like this one the most of all of them. It's you could do worse for the being the last story, right? Yet I. Again, I feel like this, maybe even this could have been the first story. It would be a strong enough first story, but I I don't know. I'm a little bit torn on what the order should be, but I like it, but I hesitate to say it's my favorite, but I think technically speaking, there isn't anything that wrong with it. And again, there isn't anything that bothers me too much about the writing of it either. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So what do you think about uh, they're creeping up on you?
1: I'm going to be honest. This one really, I kind of blended. It did not stick out for me myself, but... I think maybe I did like, like the, I get the squeamish feeling and whatnot. I don't, I just wasn't that, I don't know. Like it just, I don't even have a whole, whole lot to say about it. It Just kind of, I honestly, I kind of forgot. I forgot about that one.
0: You know what's funny about it too? Mm-hmm. The first time I saw it, and then when I went to rewatch it, mm-hmm. and I, I guess I'd forgotten about the order. I knew what a you know the Stephen King one, when acted one, that mm-hmm. was going to come up, and I was going to get these other ones. But I and I thought, okay, we're we're we're. I, for some reason, I thought the crate was the last one, and well, then this wow. other one comes up, and then oh yeah, this story. I yeah. it's a very effective short story that Stephen King mm-hmm. wrote. As a film, it's, it's it's I guess, missing a bit of an arc. Mm-hmm. I guess just have this nasty, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge type of figure mm-hmm. uh, who's a germaphobe. I don't know right. if he's supposed to kind of represent like Howard Hughes or somebody mm-hmm. like that. And whether these were they're actually there or it's in his mind. That's kind of one of the interesting questions. But all of this kind of happens, but then that's the story. That's it. So I, mm-hmm. I think it maybe needed needed something else to have a little bit more of an arc. So it's more mm-hmm. like it again a little bit more like an interesting episode. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of keeps it back from being like memorable. I, I guess that's the problem with it is it's not that memorable. It's not. No. It's, it's not bad but it's not memorable i mean i i think the first story could be forgotten about too if it wasn't i know for some reason ed harris somehow is the reason that i remember even more than the 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 creature like the zombies and the makeup Mm -hmm. effects and all of the great stuff in the father's day story Mm -hmm. but those two kind of the, the first one and the last one other than the the book ends with the father and the son story mm-hmm. are kind of forgettable pieces right and it's odd to me that the third and fourth stories to me are the strongest and for this to be kind of a 1980s horror classic it gets mentioned mm-hmm. as the, some of the best of the 1980s mm-hmm. i I think things would have to be a little bit more balanced or a little bit more even so I, mm-hmm. I guess that's where I'm I'm, I'm leaving creep show there is a, a kind of a nice little bit at the end a payoff to the father son thing and an interesting cameo by Tom Savini himself as a garbage man towards the Mm -hmm. end which is very satisfying and it's kind of a nice way to wrap up things so Mm -hmm. I, I think I'm still in the place where I like Creepshow but I'm not sure I'd love it.
1: I think I would really like to watch it with someone who loves it because sometimes I pick up on people's and you know like they'll point out fun things. I maybe it, there are some movies that are better watching with with other people, and maybe this is one of them. So I think that that is I I think there's some parts to it that I really like. I mean I I do agree the the um the middle two the middle stories are are the ones that stick out in my mind. But it would be cool. Yeah, I just. Yeah, it was it was it was a good watch. I was entertained, right? Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know if I would love it either, though.
0: There's a lot of Easter eggs, a lot of analysis. For sure. Names of some characters. Right. Uh, there's some characters that are named after Stephen King's wife and his pen mm-hmm. name, Richard Bachman, in there. But
1: well, and again, like I'm coming off of a one watch, yeah. right? So as nobody we, can pick up a
0: on one watch, you know. Mm-hmm, I right. watched it twice, and I still kind of read things about, it. like, oh yeah, okay, now that mm-hmm. that makes sense to me. Right. Yeah, I feel like I don't know if I'll ever get to a place where I love it, but mm-hmm. I, I, I I like it.
1: I, I can like, appreciate it. Yeah. I can appreciate how it really embraced the vibe it was going for, like that comic book. I can really appreciate for appreciate it for the special effects, and I can appreciate the fact that that one story kind of made me made me think. that tied me over mm-hmm. was my favorite one. I like Danzen and uh, Nielsen in that one.
0: Yeah, I think we have the same favorite. And we yeah. Have the same...
1: yeah, there's pieces of it that I really appreciate. I just, yeah, I don't know if it's one that I would watch over and over and over and over again, yeah, but no. again, that could change if I watch it with someone who loves it, and I do like picking up those little pieces of information and learning more about it, so sometimes that makes you enjoy it more, right? Yeah. Do I make you nervous, actor?
2: karen black a major star creates a television first
0: there's a golden chain wrapped around it to keep the spirit from making the doll come to life
2: face to face to face with the unbearable unknown trilogy of terror
0: we're now moving on to trilogy of terror and trilogy of terror was and again i think they really had some in 70s oddly enough some really good tv movies there's a Uh, a horror film that Steven Spielberg did called Duel, which is really, really good. And it was a TV movie in the 70s. And here we have Trilogy of Terror, which revolves around, uh, much like King and his stories, Richard Matheson. And it's directed by Dan Curtis. And William F. Nolan did a teleplay for two of them. And then Richard Matheson himself wrote the teleplay for uh, the last story. But really, the star of Trilogy of Terror is an actor uh, that i don't think as many people will think of as far as like great actors of the 1960s and 70s karen black she was in Mm -hmm. easy rider and i uh when i reviewed five easy pieces with our buddy tom we talked a lot about her really kind of a terrific actor and this got a, a chance for her to showcase her ability to play a whole bunch of different roles. Mm -hmm. I'd say some performances are better than others yet somehow I I really have some affection for this movie Mm -hmm. maybe like again I I watched the first time liked it enough second time I liked it even more And, and since I again thinking about it since I last watched it for getting ready for this. I think I really do like Trilogy of Terror quite a bit. You can tell, though, that it, it is made for television, so they, they can't completely go all the way like uh, the other movies that we're talking about, being films as opposed to TV movies. Any general thoughts about Trilogy of Terror before we talk about the, the three stories?
1: I think my biggest criticism with it, I liked... I really liked the basis of the stories. I liked the idea, but I felt like I didn't have enough time to get fully into each of the situations. Okay. I felt like there were a lot of really good ideas. I just felt like each each of those wasn't given enough we're given a lot of really dramatic scenarios that i think should have impacted me a little bit more but i didn't feel like i had time to kind of sit in those more and i just i said that in the other one too just i didn't feel like i was given up t- enough time for the tension to kind of build and make me actually like get into it just maybe that's nice. a drawback of
0: an anthology mm-hmm. is yeah you don't maybe. you don't have as much time with it and these are right. short stories where they would have only been a few pages marked mm-hmm. maybe in the stories you there was some way to get some right. backstory or something that would make you I feel, feel like, a little bit more. Yeah,
1: I feel like with each of them, I think, yeah, I, I would love to just see a little bit more about it.
0: I, I, I like that the three stories reference the basically four characters that Karen Black plays. First one we look at is Julie, mm. and uh, it's interesting, 1970s TV movie looking at toxic masculinity. Mm. Yeah, so it's really uh, arrogant college student, this idea that he will sleep with and he kind of humiliate his college professor and Mm -hmm. kind of leads into a situation where they go out on a date, even though she knows that she shouldn't be doing this and it's supposed to be as friends, but then some stuff happens, which, you know, we're looking at some date rape stuff Mm -hmm. and compromising Mm -hmm. pictures and all that really Mm -hmm. edgy stuff again for this is network television in the night. But it's just beautiful to see the plot twist that happens. I don't much want to ruin it. I would say being able to sort of sit in it, that criticism you have, mm-hmm. I would say we we get the plot twist, and then stuff happens, and then it's done. And so mm-hmm. I, I feel like it was that part's a bit rushed, yet at the same time, I like the idea of it so much that I'm just like, slow clap.
1: Mm-hmm. At the end. You're really rooting for her, aren't you? You're like, I don't even yeah. care.
0: <laughs> yeah and just the turnabout like again kind of it's a little bit more more feminist than it seems like it's going to be Mm -hmm. initially and uh, i think that's that's terrific again it's it's male writer of the short story and male who adapted this for television male director but i i do as i understand it maybe a little bit in in another story karen black was given a lot of say into Mm -hmm. rewriting some stuff and maybe that that's part of why it works so well but this is i i Kind of go between whether this is my favorite or my second favorite story of, of the three. Mm. Uh, what did you think about Julie?
1: Well, they go right into making Chad just the he's
0: horrible. Yeah. Oh,
1: terrible. I, I wrote down before like before we even really got too much into it. It says Chad gives off Bundy vibes. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, like typical frat kind mm-hmm. of vibe where God's gift to women and all that jazz. I I feel like I didn't. I don't want them to spend any more time like I don't like when movies show women getting assaulted to drive Mm. home you shouldn't need to see graphic details to know how horrible it was so I'm not saying that I wanted to see more Like I I was uncomfortable with the the picture taking I don't want to I didn't feel like I wanted to see any more of it but I feel like it not that it was brushed off it wasn't brushed off I just feel like I didn't get as it didn't seem like it was as big of a deal as it actually would be do you know what i'm saying i don't know if i'm like give i don't want like i'm not talking about in the moment i'm talking about the after effect when he shows like these pictures to her i felt like i it didn't come across like how horrible that actually was it was very quick to the next piece and yeah i just i but i did i mean he was a good he was a good creep and i just felt when she's consistently you know like blackmails her into having a relationship with him oh ugh. So skin crawly. I,
0: I suppose I like when the villain is like again Leslie Nielsen from the previous movie, right. where there's some levels to it, like right like, to be two dimensional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the, these guys are just so horrible, and they don't have the time to sort of oh, yeah. develop. Other yeah. than they're just like these. These jerks. He's
2: an ass. Um,
0: and yeah, like that whole drive-in movie sequence. All of that is just so horrible. Ooh. You're watching him Ooh. drug the drink. Everything. Is, yeah. Yeah. There could be there could be more. And I think it's just a time thing. I mean, if it was maybe even if sure. it was 45 minutes or an hour, mm. that is opposed to kind of a 20 minutes. And I'm not saying
1: I want stuff. to see any more instances where wow. she's victimized at all. I think. Yeah. I don't know. It's just. It's. Mm-hmm. I think I felt maybe I was just watching it at a, at a different time where I was kind of like trying to take notes. So maybe I wasn't as immersed Mm -hmm. as I could have been, but I, maybe I, and maybe that's, or maybe I felt bad that I wasn't. I mean, because it is really like skin crawly, right? It, it bothers me. Yeah, like, goes into
0: it. I don't like this guy. No, nope. the whole setup bothers me. And then yeah. I'm feeling horrible for her. And this is just another mm-hmm. like, one level of victimization. It keeps coming. It
1: keeps coming because yeah. it's like not just that she gets drugged, but then mm-hmm. also, oh, I have pictures of it, and oh, you have to continue yeah. to, like, have to
0: see me, or else you have, have to, to see, see me
1: this. because, yeah. because yeah. otherwise, yeah. like, yeah. you're gonna be in trouble.
0: It's yeah. just such. Overkill, mm-hmm. uh, and I guess the, the thing is, I mean, there's a turnabout. Spoilers yes. for the this story mm-hmm. about it's just it's very fast. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know? and then we kind of lead into what will will happen next. That there's you know you're supposed to le- be left with this kind of uncomfortable feeling about oh this this kind of thing will happen again. But yet I you know I was just so happy to see again. Does does the punishment fit the crime? I think this is what we talked about I, the whole. I... Thing. But I I'm not sad to see what what happens to 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 him at the end. No, so, no. Yeah. And I think they did a good job of making it as horrifying as they could for network television. Yes. It would be it would be handled differently. differently now. in a
1: movie or like as as a feature film. Yeah. Or.
0: Yeah, feature or as a TV episode, it would be handled right. very, very different now.
1: Yeah. Next story,
0: I think, is the weakest. Mm-hmm. If I was to be, I don't know if you'll agree with me or not, but Millicent and Therese. And it's a story about two sisters. And the one sister, like, is a bit of a spinster, but she, like, she works hard and she tries to do the right thing. And then her sister who will drink and sleep with men and is trying to get a hold of this this family fortune and Mm -hmm. and there's a psychiatrist involved to try to help this evil sister there's of course a plot twist to this one like there was in the other one which i unfortunately i mean i figured it out very very early so that kind of lessen the impact. And this one, I guess of the three stories, this is the one where I I saw Karen Black acting. I didn't feel like maybe she seemed a little bit more comfortable being like the in the role of like the the studious the the, the good the good right. sister or whatever. That felt more kind of more in her range, but I still thought, okay, we're putting on this costume and we're talking like this and very uptight and then when she has the blonde wig on and is being the the seductress sister mm-hmm. I was just, it just feels like like she's acting and she's having to act and I, I i don't know like it's probably a good enough story and maybe some people wouldn't have seen as many movies and tv shows as i have and been able to mm-hmm. figure it out early and so if you didn't see the plot twist coming maybe you get more enjoyment out of this second segment but this one is it's not as bad as the worst ones in creep show no. yet yeah. it's not compared to the other two it just really isn't that fantastic
1: yeah no i, I agree. i uh... Uh, I questioned that too um the the plot twist. I thought it was pretty it wasn't really a twist for me. I kind of figured that one out pretty or pretty, pretty snap quick and I was just trying to think about would this have been a, a story that? I mean, we don't, would have had Psycho has a similar twist, right? So that it has, you know, it's not like a revolutionary story twist, right? Yeah, it just, it really fell flat for me. I, I think that, yeah, the, um, the Therese is the the promiscuous one right and it was just it was very over the it was very yeah, at, yeah over yeah, overly. over
0: the top you know yes and I, I guess there is given the plot twist there could be a bit of an excuse for that right but yeah but i don't
1: know weird. if they always go that deep into it when that's the twist i don't know if they always go into oh hey like that's why this this Mm-hmm. Side is so overacted because, well, you yeah. know. Yeah, I, mean? I guess yeah.
0: Millicent could be viewed as overacted too. I mean, I, I, initially I was like, "What time frame are we in?" But it looks mm-hmm. like it's set in contemporary for when it came out. Time frame is just that these sisters are just extreme caricatures. One of like a really repressed and yeah. you know, uh, super. The other overly. Oh,
2: really I, not, yeah. you
0: know. And sister's supposed to be like the devil, or you know, and right. uh, like religion plays a factor in this the mm. piece. I, I, I guess. Yet they're they're living in kind of a suburban, well, it's upper class, obviously, right? Neighborhood, but it's not that. It's not a different time frame. It, and initially, I thought, oh, is this piece set in the nineteenth century or something?
1: Because like of that. how um Millicent yeah. was was how, dressed.
0: Yeah, how the narration and mm. the rest and everything, and then it's right. not that at all. So yeah, yeah, probably a little bit too extreme. I don't know. Again, I haven't read the short story that it's based on to see if maybe there's something that kind of got lost in the uh, adaptation. Yeah, this is the Mm -hmm. one I I don't have a whole lot to say, but it's there. You know, it's different than the other two. If you're Mm -hmm. looking for variety, I suppose. Right. find some positives in it amelia the first time i saw this i think amelia would have been definitely second like julie a bit more but this this latest time watching it this story appealed to me more i think mm. it's really the most horrific of the three like it's the Agreed. others kind of are psychological or a little bit you know supernatural in nature i, I think there's some problematic stuff uh, yes <laughs> It dated yes. stuff that would not happen now in here, as far as mm-hmm. this woman receives. I think it's supposed to be from South American. Uh, they South call American, it
1: a wooden fetish doll.
0: Wooden fetish doll, which a fetish doll. And just the, the image of it seems very racist, you know. Very racist. Um, but not yes. to say that there aren't statues that look like this that had been collected and be in museums, but no, what, but what, I, what I think, I think is the the problem yeah.
1: yeah and i think that there's a lot uh like when you look at look at it it's got a lot of recognizable like racist stereotypes that you would have seen in cartoons at that point and prior right yeah. so yeah like as soon as she pulled that out I was like oh wow 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 wowzers I feel like yeah.
0: that kept me from at a distance the first time I saw it mm-hmm. and maybe because like I have to remember this is the 70s yes we, yep. had, we hadn't even hit the home right. racist 1980s so right um, and
1: it's it's a part of that it doesn't, gonna, make doesn't make know. it look at it in the context does not make it right doesn't make it right yeah. then or now yeah.
0: I was able to sort of take the premise and go with the creepiness and the horror of this thing coming mm-hmm. to life and and this battle but basically for survival with uh, Amelia against this uh, this creature, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right? And that that's really well handled. It's very creative and mm. survival and the strategies yeah. she uses and uh, back and forth.
1: It very much reminded me of Gremlins. So Gremlins oh, yeah. is one that I love. That's one of my favorites. I remember my dad renting that for me when, way before he probably should have. <laughs> um, and me consistently having the exact same nightmare every single time I watched it but I loved it and I still love it and it had very much actually I wondered if Gremlins had taken some inspiration from this little from when she's having the altercation with this little figure this creature especially like with the oven <laughs> she puts yeah. it in the yes, the right. oven there's a scene in Gremlins where that's happening and I thought oh I've seen that you know so I, I wondered if, if that was a connection I kind of made I wondered if they had maybe taken some inspiration from that
0: well I, I know Richard <laughs> Matheson. And mm-hmm. Influenced a lot of horror mm-hmm. filmmakers as well as sci-fi, mm-hmm. and, and so I think you might. And this was the one that he he had kind of like King had some some choice with mm-hmm. uh, Creepshow. He he wanted to adapt this one, right. and he figured out the three they were choosing. And I agree with them; it's the scariest of the three. Mm-hmm. So that's why he that's why he wanted to write this one because he thought it would be kind of the the scariest one and the creepiest one to end off the uh, the TV movie with. And um, it's a
1: really effective of ending. Like that oh, made me feel The cool. last
0: image is it's one of those it great sticks pre- with you. Any problems with Trilogy of Terror are almost forgotten because of that such and a strong. Yes. It worked for me a lot more the second time than the first time. I want to go back though. My favorite mm-hmm. scene in this story doesn't have anything to do with the main horror of it. It's,
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's that conversation with that her she, with her mom and how her mom controls her life, mm-hmm. and that that was just so well acted. And it was afterwards I, I I read and found out that Karen Black actually worked on that and wrote the better part of that scene oh. <clears throat> because one of the concerns was. Again, this is another one where crime, bit, you know, bit punishment, bit bit punishment. That uh, she didn't feel like the that people would understand that the mother is really not that nice a person. Like that, that could get lost, and so that's why that conversation is in there. Mm-hmm. But that's one of the moments where I think you you start off by saying there aren't the moments to kind of stop and get used to the characters. I think that is a really kind of nice moment. That plus how she's breaking off her date and right, you know, she puts her. Kind of her adult life and her social life on hold for for, sure. for her mother and 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 how that kind of plays out mm-hmm. uh, and again leading to one of the, one of the pieces at the end of of it i just think it's a really well acted scene i don't oh, care what sure. it is and that's probably why i'm maybe a little bit more now in the place where it's my favorite of the three mm-hmm. but i did have really gone between uh julie and amelia clearly those are the two best which yes. one is my favorite because mm-hmm. i i like the you know, the revenge piece i suppose in, mm-hmm. Ju- in julie a little bit you know, that's maybe why I liked it. My first emotional reaction, the first time I saw this. But I think if we're looking at at horror here, Amelia's the the best of the stories.
1: And I think that one stood out to me. I think Julie had a lot of good pieces, but I do think, yeah, Amelia, it's just that it stuck with me, that last image of the grin and just the way she like, she's crouched and she's got that knife circling on the floor. Yes. I just thought that was such an effect last moment to have and again that's they just they sunk into it they let that just slowly circle with yeah. that grin oh cool. that was yeah that, and- that amelia stands out for me and up, I mean, mm-hmm. of the
0: three, this this was Karen Black's best performance. Yes, three stories. Agreed. I mean, mm-hmm. like she got to show off how how good she is. <clears throat> Not that she's bad. Yeah, I think she kind of works with the other
1: right ones. Well, in um, Julie, she's like so meek and mild up until mm-hmm. that last, which it she has to be, right? It's that yeah. that's where you see yeah. that little twist happen, right? Yeah. And
0: I I understand why she signed on for this. I mean, it was a bit sure. of a showcase of her as mm-hmm. an actor, and uh, I. You know, it was nice for her to play completely different notes throughout. But, yeah, Mm -hmm. that that last image of her, that's the one that's, um, again, this is the cover that I have.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I I mean,
1: there you go. They have that shot as the last shot as the... (laughs) As the uh yeah. the cover, right? So that I, would be I, the one that would make it stand out as like an like an iconic movie to me. I think so. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I, I like this a lot, and I don't know if I'm maybe a little bit more generous. And when we get to the points, mm-hmm. we're have it too generous to trilogy of terror. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's just something about it that I I really appreciate, I suppose too. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not. I think there are maybe some higher highs in creep show, but mm-hmm. there are also some lower lows in creep show. Right. And this one, this one certainly has one story which is weaker than the other, but I don't think is is as bad as the worst of creepshow. All sorts of things. Rome free. The Halloween School Plus Massacre. but it's, it's a harder one that, that putting on pause piece would be tough mm-hmm. to do because Trick or Treat is is a movie where the stories kind of blend together mm-hmm. and really only one of them is told start to finish. The others are kind of overlapping each other. It's a movie that is uh, written and directed by a pretty pretty talented filmmaker named Michael Doherty. Yeah, there's a weird history with this. It's become a huge cult classic mm-hmm. and like one of the Most popular horror movies of uh, the first decade of the 21st century. Yeah, it didn't get a theatrical release. Really? It didn't.
1: I had no idea.
0: And going into a little bit of that, it was supposed to be released in October of 2007. Warner Brothers hold it some theories are that they didn't want it to go up against saw 4 because the saw movies had uh, made a mm. lot of money they do feel though that there might have been another issue uh, very problematic producer director not doherty himself but one of the producers of this movie is brian singer and brian singer he also was removed from the direction of bohemian rhapsody when some allegations came out about him again it wasn't about this they didn't know this stuff completely at that time but he had produced superman returns for the studio which was a bomb and so they weren't trusting him which unfortunately kind of plagued trick-or-treat which isn't really the writer or director's fault so they pulled it from that october halloween season they're like we have this movie now what do we do with it we're not gonna release it in december or something like that mm-hmm. or in the middle of winter well so- yeah like
1: it's it's trick-or-treat
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, be, and then they didn't want to mm-hmm. kind of hold it back. So they just kind of released it on DVD mm-hmm. without any fanfare. And fans discovered this and said, "Wow, this is a really good movie. And then it kind of became bigger and bigger and bigger. So, And it's essentially, it's Halloween night in this town. And we start, start off with a really, really kind of dramatic scene. And then we go back to the beginning of the Halloween night. And we're experiencing a bunch of different stories, which, again, I I i've watched it twice and you're kind of thinking well how do these all other than the setting and some overlapping characters that appear in all the stories how do these stories kind of line up and i kind of read recently what ended up being a little bit of a theme here but maybe we'll talk about that at the end so it, I, I kind of like that idea I, I like these like multiple stories and perspectives on scenes yet for some reason trick-or-treat is a movie i was so so on the first time i saw it this feels like the theme of the show i'm talking about this with almost every one of these but i was so so on it and i guess it was built up for me that this is this great horror movie and i was like "Eh, it's all right i liked it a lot more the second time so maybe the third time i'll get to the point where i love it i think that's possible but Mm -hmm. i still kind of am i don't know a bit in between on it but Mm -hmm. it is no doubt it's i mean it's pg-13 and yet it it still brings kind of the scares good cast and you know almost story by story even though it feels like one whole movie i think i have a hard time kind of Breaking it up into separate stories and kind of judging it based on that mm-hmm. will kind of there's
1: there's there's a general there's a general but yeah you're you're totally right it's very interwoven right like you can't fully Mm -hmm. separate them there's threads of of each of them yeah
0: and uh, i mean a really iconic creepy little boy with a kind of a pumpkin head type of a thing and Mm -hmm. you know that's not maybe that original an image but it 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 works really well and we're just like what's the deal with this kid and we Mm -hmm. we essentially see a pretty brutal murder at the at the very beginning of the film and then uh, and then we go back and kind of take a look at this town so it's a it's a good opening Mm -hmm. and i think there's a lot of really clever pieces uh, that require multiple viewings to be able to spot all of the easter eggs and how Mm -hmm. the timing of it actually works really really well it wasn't kind of they did it out of order and as an accident, he knew the chronology of the story, and he knew what to put in and who to put into every scene, even if they're background characters and something's mm. happening there. So there's a lot to like. So I don't know what my problem is or what my hesitation is, but
1: and I I love this one. This is um the- I that okay. So I will say this is one I watched. Corey Nichols introduced me to this, yeah. and I remember going over to his house in high school on Halloween's, and we would just watch scary movies. So this is one that I have the experience. Experience of watching with someone who loves it. And I think that probably shades my viewing of it because I don't just enjoy I think it does a really good job with again I, I enjoy that interweave I like how they're all kind of interwoven you can't fully separate one story from the other and I also think that they do that blend of comedy and horror so well mm-hmm. I don't I so I quite enjoy this but yes. I, I, there's definitely some bias in there <laughs>
0: okay well this is good you've had Mm -hmm. more time to process this I've had
1: more time and this is the one that I've seen the most like this is the one of the list that I have seen several times prior so again I've had more time to digest it
0: so you you can defend Mm -hmm. it a little bit more I I think I like the horror Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm as much of a fan of the comedy
1: no (laughs) but this
0: is a battle I have with horror comedies all the time there are a few I like but they are very few and I Mm -hmm. suppose that's, that's maybe where maybe that's where I'm at arm's length with trick-or-treat okay yeah not in the order it's kind of in the order but not completely in the order that they're presented but just as a a way of kind of dividing this up Mm -hmm. Uh, we have the principal story Mm -hmm. Dylan Baker is a very very good actor he's also very good at playing charming sociopaths Mm -hmm. and he's a principal who in this town it's completely hidden that he is essentially a serial killer and he has he has this son who he's kind of trying to raise a certain similar direction I suppose and this is the guy he, he obviously hates the students in his school, and he is like that whole idea of razor blades in in apples or candy or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's a guy setting that stuff out, hoping to kill as many people uh, as possible. So we're watching this story of how essentially he kills this kid, and then he has to go and get rid of the body. And things don't work out that way smoothly mm-hmm. for him. Yeah, I, I think maybe it's the, the casting's a little bit on the nose. I've seen mm-hmm. this guy play this a lot and I know that the reason he was cast in it was because of uh, an even more horrible character he played in a movie called Happiness. Similar type mm-hmm. of suburban guy who has a real mm-hmm. dark side type of thing. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why by the time I saw this I was used to him playing these types of roles. So it wasn't um, anything
1: new? It wasn't something yeah. new or mm-hmm.
0: exciting for me. There's a lot of kind of gross out, vomity stuff. I'm not always a fan of that. I
1: I can I hear you with that it's it that's it seems to be seen as such an easy like oh hey that's hilarious and I've never gotten that (laughs) vomit is not something that I find hilarious
0: (laughs) yeah and I think this is one of the ones where I put a note that you know it's trying it's trying for the comedy Mm -hmm. and maybe that's why some people love this story I think it's a a decent enough one to kind of like lead us into some of the others but Mm -hmm. but I I guess it's just not my favorite because it's I think it's maybe a touch more broad comedy and dark comedy than it is horror. Yet the things mm-hmm. that are happening in it are absolutely horrific, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I, I do have to admire kind of the payoff with his son there in, 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 yes. in the story, too. Yeah,
1: they really save that, save that little creepy little kid moment uh-huh. until the very end. Hey, can you help me with the eyes? <laughs> I will say that every single time I see this movie and he's digging this hole for the child that he's you know murdered when he tells his kid comes home and he's trying to do this and tells his kid to go watch charlie brown
2: yeah
1: and every single time the kid yells back charlie brown's an asshole i lose it i think that's (laughs) because he's so little and he's so cute charlie brown's an asshole i don't all yeah i i i don't find the comedy in the big gross out like oh this kid's vomiting yeah but, if you get a little kid to swear, oh go that- yeah. i i hilarious
0: yeah. <laughs> the kids are. And I think they're a little bit too cutesy, a little bit too cartoony, but maybe.
1: Well, or even just yeah, like the the kid at the beginning going around and smashing pumpkins.
0: But I, I guess it's not bad. It's not like when I'm talking about like the uh, the weaker chapters in the previous movies. Mm, uh, right. It just like, it just was kind of sat there for me, and I thought, oh, okay, well, this yeah, and to me feels like kind of familiar territory for the main actor in in this. Mm-hmm. And- and so I, I don't think I, I was maybe maybe a little bit grossed out, but I don't think I was scared, and I wasn't necessarily amused by it. So I'm in right. this in between place with the principal story.
1: Well, and I mean, I think that maybe that's why I enjoy it. It's because it lets, except for the the puking parts, because you know, I don't think puke's ever funny.
2: No.
1: <laughs> I had um, my very first job. I had a little kid throw up in my the store I was working at, and I had to clean it up. So puke that's not much. funny to me ever. Yeah. But uh, I guess maybe the reason why I and it's definitely like I don't know you think of some dark comedies and the humor is a lot more less it's it's sorry it's a lot less obvious right and they definitely play up the humor pieces and maybe that's why I don't have such a problem I I can watch it and just have fun I'm not ever freaked out I'm not ever disturbed really but that's because it's very much a con you know it, it probably maybe leans more towards the comedy than the horror than some of these dark horror or uh, the comedic dark comedy films right it definitely is towards the comedic side and maybe that lets yeah that lets you enjoy it That i'm not as I've, I've never been freaked out when mm-hmm. i watch it i'm just yeah. watching it and having a fun romp or something like that i guess
0: i might argue then that mm-hmm. it, it, if we look at kind of the, the mm-hmm. next story is mm-hmm. a, a darker shift i think one of the Achieve- of the Halloween school bus massacre, is that story mm. is primarily children right acting in it, and so as much as I'm mm. so complaining about the children in the first two stories being first story as being cartoons, I think the kids and their power dynamic and all that feels very true to life, and it's mm. I guess, well acted and well directed. Yes. In Halloween School Bus Massacre, where this future mean girl essentially mm. and dragging like the, the popular kids, and then decide to bring along a, a girl who I you know I think she's uh, on on the autism spectrum, perhaps is what they're going for. I, I guess this is my problem a little bit. I'm not. I'm not sure how, as far as how, you know, the kids with exceptionalities are kind of used in this story, if you know. Yes.
1: Yeah, I agree that that makes me uncomfortable as well. I I had the same thought. And we work, we both work in schools, right? Like we, we have kids who are on the spectrum. We have kids who have exceptionalities and all that jazz. I,
0: I, I feel that there is still bullying that is directed towards those students. I don't think that's Mm -hmm. gone away as much as we'd like to think we're a more evolved world, but I'm not sure about that. But so I I believe some of those power dynamics and like the sweet little girl knocking on your door, trick or treat or whatever, Mm. is really this monster of a a Mm. human being who's gonna set up this poor girl. Horribly mean
1: prank. Yep.
0: and this all revolves around going to this area where there was this legend of this uh, this bus, which was filled up with filled with students with special needs, and there was this late negligent bus driver, and a bunch of kids were killed. And apparently, there are ghosts down there. But it's all mm-hmm. leading into this, this. Well, it's
1: not even that he was negligent; it was that their parents had paid him off. Oh yeah, that, yeah, to sorry, do that, like that's and yeah, yeah that that yeah. They, they were actually decided. they were tired of having yeah. kids who needed that yeah they were too the the burden of these kids yeah so they paid the bus driver off to
0: thanks for correcting me on that i yeah it's been a a little while since i watched it that's right but like he, yeah. he intentionally gets in this accident and kills these kids mm-hmm. and then their their spirits are still kind of in this quarry, rock quarry. And then they go down there to play this, this mean prank. But then, you know, we're in a horror movie here, and so then that comes back to haunt these these kids. I, I think there's some things that you could probably cross your arms and be offended at, but the the general tone of it or uh, the suspense or the atmosphere for a horror story is all there. And and like mm. when the violence happens, the kills happen, they mm. count. And they don't sort of soft-soap it because it's children. And, again, this is another one where we're just happy to see the jerks get their comeuppance. But, again, yeah. here they deserve it, <laughs> is the thing. And yet, when we, we get to another story, which is very linked to this one, maybe that one is a little bit more deserved. I, I don't know. But we run into this in horror not like really not very nice people. But unfortunately I do think some of that dynamic exists with, with kids and they're trying to be powerful. And there's the the boy that the blonde girl likes, but he's actually a little bit, seems to be a little bit nicer than, and yeah, I I just kind of like how that stuff plays out, but I, I, I just don't know about like the, the idea of special powers and, and just, just that choice, it feels like kind of a, like I talked about the 80s, having mm-hmm. some missteps. I think the first decade of the 21st century was kind of like the 80s, where yes. there's some pretty politically incorrect stuff that was oh, for sure. used for entertainment. Mm. I I just I I guess maybe I just have a problem with that part yet I can appreciate the technique and how they actually went for something that was a little bit more horror than comedy in this sequence but I have trouble saying it's my favorite this is a problem I have with trick or treat I'm not sure if I can identify a favorite because I have problems with all of them, yet I can see the good points in all of the stories.
1: Well, and again, I think that this uh, even just with, like, breaking it up into stories, it's hard to pick them, that you can't really see them as a totally separate entity because there's, like, yes, there are specific general plot lines, but they're all, if you you can't pull the threads too much. How do you feel about
0: them knocking on the door, trick-or-treating in the house where all the adults in the town are apparently having an orgy or something?
1: I know, oh my god.
0: That's just like I. I, know, I actually picked up on
1: something. I just thought it was weird, like the the. And again, it's it's an out there. It's an out there movie, right? Even mm-hmm. just thinking about the the big Halloween parade and the in the in between scenes. I'm like, where does does that actually happen? Because movies have prepared me for Halloween being such a big deal. And <laughs> I don't. Maybe it's just we're in Saskatchewan. Uh, it's really I, cold. But. Well,
0: I, I I feel like if. We're kind of in the northeastern United States, We're kind of mm-hmm. to the, like the Massachusetts, because of the history of the Salem Witch Trials. Right. right. And, okay.
1: Yeah. I think You're there are right. a lot of
0: fall or Halloween like
1: like big D- yeah. 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 yeah yeah yeah
0: where, where the whole uh, whole town would be involved with something like right. that. I, yeah. You know, it feels to, to be
1: about- so blatant about an orgy is very very um especially when the, the with the children at the door. I feel like you would maybe save that. I mean, you do you. No no yeah. king shaming yeah. here from Kelsey, but. Yeah. I feel like you would maybe um save that for after trick or treating or just not hand out candy. That's what I maybe can. not that. that, <laughs> that I,
0: I don't know. I like they're taking like this is the night of devils or what no, or sin to an extreme or something like mm-hmm. that. But I yeah, I that just feel that scene feels like it's it's over the top and it's just there for a cheap laugh and again I just um it's there, but anyway, yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess just if I was to not kind of think about how offensive some things are then this would be kind of straight up probably the best of the them but mm -hmm, there are some some things in the, the next story a person that i like in the next story that maybe makes me like Surprise Party perhaps the best of all of them mm-hmm. yet I think the payoff is just like oh okay yeah that's that's fine but Anna Paquin is an actor I like a lot you know like yes. she's a terrific actor as an adult I like the TV shows and the movies she's been in I'm always happy to see her in something mm-hmm. and so she's playing she's with her group of friends in their 20s it's Halloween night and she's the only one who's a virgin and so then they're like trying to find ways that you'll not be a virgin and and so looking around at, at different prospects she's trying to be set up by her friends and she's dressed as Little Red Riding Hood and she encounters some creepy people uh, along the way and, and then she ends up going to this big party in the woods uh, and then a reveal happens which is fine I, I can get behind that I just I like that character and I like the arc and how she kept kind of appearing in the story probably more than what the actual story is versus the previous story I, I like the horror behind it i i mean it's there's violence enough violence and grizzliness i mean they they really try to pull away from the kills to keep the pg-13 rating in this movie but we get the idea of it for sure and so it's i, I think that one works and i again i kind of like the dynamic with her and her friends i guess they have a scene where they're they're Getting into their, their Halloween costumes in this store. Mm. There's this little boy who's like peeping in on them. Yeah. Apparently, that's the same boy who's the, the pumpkin headed kid. Oh, Sam? Sam, sorry. That's. Oh, the character.
1: actor's the same. I thought you meant that it was like one of the same. Because yeah, yeah, they well, do have characters is, interwoven. Okay, it I guess. The it.
0: Actor, same actor was playing that role as, as, as Sam.
1: Oh, oh, that's cool.
0: I, it's something I read. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes you can't believe everything you read. Right. That's, that's, you uh, can't that's, believe that's, everything yeah, you
1: read on the internet. What? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, it was IMDB. Yeah. I, I, uh, I yeah. test. I, I trust their sources a little bit more mm-hmm. than uh, yeah. some random website. No. Anyway, I think because Paquin is, is, is so good and I guess the, each, less so the kid's story doesn't really have like a, a major actor in it as much. But the first story had Dylan Baker. This third mm-hmm. story is Anna Paquin. We're going to be getting to Brian Cox in a few moments. Uh, these are really, really talented actors. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's nice that they're in this film and I think they maybe elevate the material. And I think it's a very well directed film too I mean mm-hmm. I, to, to figure out out of order how to put together this whole film is a real challenge for sure but I feel like that's that's all I have to say about that story I'm you know I'm talking a lot but I'm not sure I'm saying anything about it, it yeah. it's, it's like I like it a lot because mm-hmm. of Anna Paquin simple as that yet I, I don't know if it's as scary as the one about the school bus massacre so
1: mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's scary I think that the um I really enjoy like the little details like the, the there, when you go back there's quite a few um huff and puff all huff and all puff There's like those little mm-hmm. references to the ultimate twist at the end i there's a runt of the litter at some
0: point the
1: runt of the litter yes yeah, yeah they just they keep making those little re- or you, you know i mean that I guess maybe it's an obvious reference the fact that she's a little red riding hood but i enjoy i i enjoy those little things i think that they're fun i think that the big attack that you see at someone that is very has very uh clearly established themselves as a sociopath right <laughs> so you don't really feel too um and again i think that the, like i said the the fact that they do play up the comedy so much does means that you kind of you don't have those moments to to really sit with it or to, to kind of have those moral dilemmas or whatnot you're like bad guy kill i thought that the actually the hot dog like in the, the 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 orgy scene that you mentioned like i i noticed this time this is the first time i actually took note of like oh hey hot dog guy ended up at the at the at the party in the woods <laughs> oh, was, so maybe i feel bad for hot dog guy i don't know again you do you hot dog guy <laughs> yeah yeah i thought i it's I think that's probably the most, gra- like, the transition scene, like, that's probably the most graphic you see in that story, right? I mean, you do see mm-hmm. um, the one person getting, like, their neck, they're like, the- no, that's all in the same scene. Yeah, that's probably that's the true. most graphic in that.
0: Story, it would be. Right? I, I I like that he you know he still kind of went with mostly practical effects. It wasn't mm. all CGI for that that transition because mm-hmm. uh, he knew that there's problems with like, CGI does not age well. We've as we've discovered right, um, and especially and then like, of, like yeah, yeah. Practical looks kind of fake in in some cases, but still they hold up better than than mm-hmm. the computer. So it was a mix of the two. I think it was good. I guess my problem with it is that I feel like the only character in here that I actually liked
1: is, is Anna. The yeah character
0: and then like what she ends up having to do in that scene then i'm like oh, okay well, she's just like everybody else here like there's no there's nobody i'm really clinging on to as far as liking in this mm. and so i it's like i like the human the human part of it and the pressure that uh, within friend groups uh the peer pressure and all mm-hmm. that stuff i thought that was an uh kind of a interesting kind of character dilemma that that she was having there but then then it Then it's kind of over, and and then we're on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So we we do get to see, a really talented actor, Brian Cox. I I, I love him on a show called Succession. Right now that's in its third season. But he's been good for years. He shows up in nearly everything, uh, often as a character actor. I like that he's allowed to be a bit of a leading man in succession. But here we see him briefly as uh, the principal's neighbor. And I think he's a little bit of a a jerk. And then we're we're watching him and he he doesn't like Halloween at all. And he's trying to kind of stick to his home and his world. Uh, And then we start to kind of figure out who this guy is related to another story and this is stories called sam and this is where we we see this the, the boy from the beginning of the movie who, who makes appearances throughout the other stories too
1: he shows up when people um break halloween traditions
0: yeah yeah, yeah. that's that's the idea mm-hmm. and so i guess like uh blowing out the you know in, at the beginning the the, the blowing uh,
1: out the candle
0: the, yeah the candle before Halloween is done was breaking a rule Mm -hmm. and kind of figuring out in general what he's about, but also kind of getting revenge for something that happened many years ago to the the Brian Cox character, Mr. Krieg, who just seems Mm -hmm. like a grumpy old man neighbor in, in the neighborhood. I think the first time I thought it was a little bit much I, like I, I every review I've ever heard of loves Brian Cox's performance in this above everybody else I liked it I liked it more the second time mm-hmm. and this is this is one where he is featured a lot and it's basically him versus Sam and it's it, this story kind of sticks to well kind of like the principal story sticks to the house and I, I think it's a kind of a, a a worthy, you know, as far as a final story here. And this is the only one that you see start to finish because mm-hmm. of the timing that this happened is different than the timing that the other stories happened. It was earlier in the night, yet we're, we we find out about it l- later on. I'm not sure that it's that scary. I suppose it kind of works as a extended revenge piece. Mm-hmm. It's well acted enough, but again, it feels like I'm not, I feel like so conflicted with this trick-or-treat review that mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to talk myself into either a perspective of not liking it or, or liking it. And mm-hmm. really, I'm, I'm just in between. No, it, it, it works. It mm-hmm. works works it's fine it serves the story everything i think is quite well done yet i'm not terribly excited about this story or really say any of the stories mm-hmm. like i am with you know the better stories and the other movies we're talking mm-hmm. about here so, so yeah it's a really in-between thing here but maybe again you've seen it more times than i have i think mm-hmm. maybe like you have a perspective on this one or maybe the whole trick-or-treat experience is something that uh, might help me out
1: yeah i think that you make a really good point point. one of the stories on its own is not necessarily better than the best of the stories in the other ones i think this one's but i think the way that the stories work together is the strongest like i know creep show has it all they're all tied together because of the comic book right and i know trilogy of terror is tied together with the actress Right, mm-hmm. and I mean, like the fact that the screen, you know, that the short stories by a, the same, same writer, author, right. Yeah. I think that Trick or Treat is it based off of? I'm, I'm, I, it's not based off of a short story. It's a standalone film, like there. I don't think so.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's an original. It's yeah. an
1: original. Yeah. So yeah. it feels I, like
0: it, it should be based on a graphic novel or something. Right, but-
1: right, and I think that's the other piece. I, I actually, I see elements, elements of creep show in there because they really hit that style.
0: Yeah, that really it's just, hard. the creep show, I'm thinking. Right. Yes, it's to all kinds of horror movies and- right,
1: right. And so maybe that's maybe that's not quite hitting the mark for you either. Like it's an homage, but it's not, is it anything truly its own kind of thing? I don't know. I yeah but I think
0: stories is original. I think that's okay. Well, and
1: I, I appreciated the, I I appreciated the, even um, when they're that big, how transitioning from one story to another, you see them as background characters, right? The the very beginning where the little, where the kids are almost, you know, the, the intro story, um, the kids are almost hit by the car and the car. It turns out that it's driven by um, Anna Paquin's characters. I think there's a lot of technical pieces, to make that work that I really yeah. like. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe it's my um, the way my brain works. I ha- even just I have I'm consistently the person who has way more tabs open on my internet browser than I probably should. I skip from one task to the other quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. So maybe that's why I liked it. If you're not going to have the time to go deep on anyone's story, maybe I need to flip back and forth. I mean, I don't know. I totally get that. I like that it's a little over the top, but I think, I think it's for what they were going, it's a Halloween movie and it's a, it's, they went hard for it and I'm okay with that. And I enjoy watching it. I have fun yeah. watching it. Yeah. I'm always my, I'm always taken in by it, and I always find little things to to pick up on. And I probably would like maybe if I had done repeat watchings of the other ones, maybe my I would be a little less uh, about it, right? Yeah, that makes
0: sense. Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel like, as I said with Creepshow, I feel like I should think of it as one of the best horror movies of the '80s, but I don't. Mm-hmm. And right. I feel like Trick or Treat, I'm supposed mm-hmm. to feel that this is one of the best horror movies of this century so far. And I I don't, don't
1: think know. I would go there. But, I don't. Hmm, I don't think I would go there.
0: But it's t- technically very well made and so the the looking at it i I guess the idea with all the stories is you have when you first the stages of you first discover Mm -hmm. what halloween's about then you go trick-or-treating with your friends and the dynamics of that to halloween in your 20s which is like partying to a perspective on halloween when you're an older person and that's kind of what i don't know if that was what he intentionally was going for but that's how it kind of turned Out in the end. And so there's there's a lot of stuff to that. And I think Mm they're again very talented filmmaker. I'll be happy to watch any movie that he makes. Mm-hmm. And maybe I just, this is another one of the ones where I need more time with it and need to watch it a few more times to, to mm-hmm. get there, or I might not get there and that's okay. But yeah, I, I guess I, I'm being hard on these anthologies. I won't say that I'm over the top excited about any of them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I feel like given all of the elements in here, I wish I liked Trick or Treat more than I did. I don't dislike it. I like it but i don't right.
1: love yeah right no totally fair i i would love to know and i know there there's a i know there's a second one i think there's a i think there's a sequel i could maybe i'm maybe i'm making that up i thought that there was
0: he was hoping to do another one maybe
1: okay maybe uh, maybe i read that they were they maybe i read that they were hoping to do and did i just assumed that they mm-hmm. had already done it no nope. oh announced the sequel yeah plot um,
0: on sequel yeah i don't know if they had no any, okay any i for- would
1: be really oh. interested to know the origins of sam that little that little pumpkin headed kiddo i uh i think when i first watched it i wondered if sam and what is the kriegs krieg i wondered i wondered if krieg had a connection to i mean he krieg has a connection just not to Mm -hmm. not to sam i really liked and i don't know why this sticks out in my mind that sucker that perfect bite out of that sucker (laughs) he's gonna (laughs) use that to kill him Oh my God.
0: That's creative.
1: I don't know. I just, I, the perfect little bite. (laughs) I mean, it's like, it's like Black Christmas with the candy cane because that's always my, like I do, you know, you suckers can be dangerous. I'm just saying, I remember. Oh, somebody. Told, oh yeah. yeah. I just like can candy, the them? most delicious thing. Yeah. Murder weapon. It's funny.
0: <laughs> yeah. Which is appropriate for this movie. And very appropriate. Like it's, it's
1: definitely fun. like comedy horror. They went over top with the comedy, but I enjoy that for what it is. I have fun watching it.
0: Well, creep show does that too. And mm. trilogy of terror, not as much, but I think when no. Cat's eye. There's a bit of humor, and it's just my problem. I know it's my problem.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's you're like, allowed to. You are. You're allowed to have it. It makes you're it less scary to...
0: for me, I guess, and maybe less impactful. And mm-hmm. uh, maybe I, I, like having my comedy, my comedy, and my horror, my horror. And, yeah, yeah, that's you know, there. Yeah, I love oh, Evil there. Dead too, and Army of Darkness and those kinds of wacky Sam Raimi mm-hmm. horror comedy. Somehow that that works for me. But maybe this one's not quite hitting
1: the mark. I wouldn't
0: steer people away from seeing it, though. No.
1: <laughs>
2: Stephen King, your favorite novelist and master of modern horror, has written his first motion picture screenplay. It combines all the elements of his creative imagination. Lovable pets, classic cars, quiet evenings, favorite films. Kill the son of (laughs) a... Good idea adorable kids and of course a monster or two experience a series of electrifying adventures a scene through stephen king's cat's eyes
1: at your moment.
0: Back to Stephen King with Cat's Eye, 1985. And the through line for, for this, it involves three stories, two of which were based on Stephen King short stories and then one which was an original, is that there's this, this cat who escapes from going to an animal shelter and keeps having visions of this little girl who's in trouble, played by one Drew Barrymore. And then this cat ends up being picked up by uh, a few different characters and then is is just there while these stories play out leading inevitably to the story that involves this little girl and why this is little girls in danger and needs help from this cat. Mm-hmm. So that's a, the idea behind cat's eye it's another one that Stephen King wrote the screenplay for Lewis teague is the director Lewis teague also directed the film version of cujo which mm-hmm. is a a pretty solid uh, Stephen King adaptation they changed yes. things from the novel for sure but but not not as prominent as Jorge Romero for sure as far mm-hmm. as uh, who he's known for what's your general thoughts on cat's eye before we get into each each story
1: I mean it's it's got a cat in there so I'm pretty happy you know it's yeah. it's good I, I think I because it's the three, so I think me I liked that creep show was like five in one movie is a yeah. lot, and I yeah. kind of maybe that's why the last one didn't quite stick because I was almost like over overwhelmed, or I just like when you get to the end of it, you're like I have so many things in my head. No time
0: to process them either. Like it's right, or, I yeah. like
1: that James Woods. Uh, Woods is in there. Like I I, I enjoyed his story. I think that there's definitely one that sticks out as like my least favorite. I yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the stories. I, I think this is one where I appreciated. it. I, I I tried watching it after um my class. There's one day of the week where I go straight. I work out of town. So I mm-hmm. have to boogie on back quick so I can have about half an hour before I sit down for my master's class. And then I'm in there until like nine o'clock. I don't know why I sat down to try and watch this um, <laughs> the same night, but I very much... Well, much appreciated that this was a I can just Stop right now. I liked that. That's, yeah, it was good. Yeah, I liked... I think the Quitters Inc. kind of stood out. We might as well go into me. that one first yeah. off.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so it's essentially James Woods wants to quit smoking. And he's he's struggling to do this. And he hears about this Quitters Inc. And then he goes and he uh, encounters Alan King. Alan King is was a, a comedian, but also he, he's a face that people would know from some Martin Scorsese movies. Kind of a mm-hmm. New York New Jersey based guy and he's in charge of this Quitters Inc. And guaranteed you'll stop smoking, but you have to be prepared for what will happen if you smoke a cigarette because there are people watching all the time to the point where they will actually take your loved ones and put them in a room and torture them and threaten to kill them if you continue to, to smoke. I, I think this is a this one's a clever Idea mm-hmm. and it you know it, it's interesting. There's another anthology movie I'm going to be reviewing sometime in the future, which has a similar type of idea. And I, so I I feel like a lot of these and this is based on a, a, a Stephen King short story as well, but mm-hmm. that have this kind of a premise. And I I think it works every time. I I like James Woods a lot. I think he he seems like a guy who's trying to quit smoking all the time. You know, he's got that for sure that intense crazy energy to. Him. Him. And so he works well. He's not my issue with it.
1: Is it the fact that uh, of of what they do to try and get them to how it how it all affects the women in or the? No, it's not, not even that. <laughs> I right. I just
0: think there's part of his Alan King as the, as the villain. I think he's so mm-hmm. over the top. Mm-hmm. And then there there's this sequence at a party where everybody is smoking, and I know it's the 1980s, and that would have been happening. But then we have this ridiculous over-the-top thing where there are like these exaggerated cigarettes coming out of people's ears. Oh, yeah. And then, um, we have, you know, that...
1: Can't even see clearly in the room. <laughs>
0: and we see the, the police song and coming down the stairs is Alan King lip syncing to that. And I'm just like, what? am I watching here? This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. This is almost as ridiculous as that Stephen King story from Creepshow. Yet we started off with like this horrifying premise, and kind of the bookends mm-hmm. to it are strong. Great mm-hmm. idea, but I, I just think the way it's directed and the way it is written, and unfortunately, not Wood's fault, but how it's acted as well, is it's just too much it was just was too much for me mm. so every time I see the story I just prepare myself for the fact that I'm gonna have to sit through these awful scenes and that prevents me from liking this story mm. as much as I think I I like the short story or other versions of this type of thing that I've seen before so full credit to James Wood but I I, I just I just can't get those really bad scenes out of my head in the, in the time I've had to think about it since and so I feel bad because it sounds like this is one you really like.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean like, okay. So when I say really like I do. Okay. So I had a different perspective of the every breath you take. I'm like, I thought I, I, I laughed at that. I'm like, uh, <laughs> it is very on the nose yeah it yeah. is it is probably way too much on the nose for me to let but i do i i, I thought it was kind of funny it was cringe don't get me wrong yeah, yeah. i'm okay with that and it, i think it's because i watched creep show. And And this so close together that it's just really like I mean it's a movie from the '80s and -hmm. it's def and it's written by a guy so Mm -hmm. there's definitely that those moments of like oh hey like your learning is at the expense of the women around Mm -hmm. yeah
0: (laughs) these are all men
1: yes well and I mean I I get context is important right and I think that is a like as we talked about with trilogy of terror that's a that's that's a strength of that one is that you have I mean it's it's stories written by a man however even with that with Amelia the fact that the actress was able to write that conversation with her mother like really kind of work on that I think that that's it does seem a lot more ahead of, of its time that way right it's yeah. it's very focused on her yeah like I think I, that is something that stood out to me I'm like oh hey like the women are the ones you know even like at the end it's the oh you're not quite away from it right like the well cut off your wife's finger or whatnot
2: like,
0: yeah. oh
1: just gonna and and the fact that the wife was just like so okay with it I was like Oh, oh no.
0: And I guess the difference is like Karen Black was Mm -hmm. Trilogy of Terror. If she she walked out the door, well, they'd have to... They'd probably find somebody else, but they'd have right. to find somebody else. Right. Here, it's the men that are like the, the two, they're the who, center like, of the story, things, other than Drew Barrymore as, as the kid, right? Right, oh, she's e, so- e and, and Firestarter at this point. Firestarter was the reason that she got this. Like, King actually wrote the role for her, oh, uh, okay? She liked what she did in Firestarter, so right, but yeah, she wasn't having any say in the writing of, of anything, mm,
1: probably not. So, I, I, I do
0: of course more levels to the female characters yes 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 yeah
1: but I like James Wood Wood Wood's in it I think I kind of not that the wife was in it a lot but that one scene with the daughter I'm like okay like I don't know if there's a whole it it felt kind of thrown in a little bit maybe it's just to establish like he really cares about his family so
0: well it probably was I mean they just had to
1: Probably, yeah, um, to songs. ground, ground the character a little bit. But mm-hmm. yeah, like, I think he did a good job. I think that the premise was interesting. It's not one that I had seen before, which is made one of my issues with the other with one of the other ones in here it's just i hadn't seen this particular one before so yeah it was interesting
0: yeah i mean that that makes sense and Mm -hmm. yeah i think the one the other one i saw fairly recently was years after this and was probably somewhat inspired by the story yeah there's creativity to it Mm -hmm. it's it's just i can't alan king played a cool type of gangster type of a character in the movies that he's been in right. and to see him in this kind of so elevated scene mm-hmm. uh it, it just felt like I, I don't know i felt like they could have just done without it they could have mm. found, found another way to do with a dream sequence or uh or a way to sort of convey how and there are other subtle scenes where woods is he, he's seeing smokers everywhere and Mm -hmm. there's ways to do that kind of in a more grounded way right they probably had a ton of fun shooting that and and oh
1: probably definitely like overkill with the amount yeah like you say they they went to the extreme with the smoke you know yes 80s people were smoking in buildings and all that but yeah did they have them like step behind their ears and like you couldn't see through rooms or see people's faces because of how much people were were smoking some of that
0: but not to that i I don't know. know. I wasn't there. (laughs) I I was for part of it, but it wasn't, uh, I never saw a scene like that. We move on to the ledge. Mm -hmm. And so going back to Creepshow, there's a little bit of a a thought with Creepshow that when we're looking at like the something to tide you over story, there are similarities between it and the ledge in the sense that in this, this case, we have this tennis pro has been discovered that he's sleeping with this, this mobster's wife. And and so now he's been taken and put into this impossible situation where he and she will live if he goes on this building and he walks all the way around and back into the window without falling to his death. And then we watch... That happened, And I, I I think there's something that's really, if fe- you have a fear of heights in particular, this this story does work. I think it's well shot. I guess what I didn't like as much in The in Ledge was some of the stupid pranks and, that they were pulling to try to rig the game so that he would fall off the ledge. And I, I thought it was, I know it just didn't feel like a mafia thing t- to do. It just no. felt like it was kind of goofy. You know, I mean, just, just going with the, the idea that he's probably not going to survive Anyway, and there's so many obstacles. Plus, there's the wind, and like you know, he and he, the jackass bird. The guys, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, and and then yeah, dealing with this pigeon. I think the turnaround is a little bit, a little bit goofy too, mm-hmm. as far as the payoff. Yeah, I, I like, I like the premise of it. I, I, I think I, I don't have the huge problems I have with some scenes in mm-hmm. Quitters Inc. Mm-hmm. Yet there isn't really an actor in this one that I thought did as good a job as James. James Woods did. Mm. And I mean, we see, we briefly see Drew Barrymore again. She's, she's kind of her and the cat are throughout the whole thing that she's on the TV at one point. She's a, some show or something.
1: I don't know. Yeah, but December first she's uh-huh. in a mannequin. Oh yeah, the mannequin thing the too. First, really the, there's like, the mannequin oh, and
2: oh, then there's the TV. The
1: I guess I just compare it to the one in Creep Show, and I thought Leslie Nielsen and Ted Danson Danson did such a good job with that story that that premise of billionaire's wife cheats on with on him with handsome man and he wants revenge. I thought that they did. I know the the ending was a little. I mean, that again, that was the tie into the comic book piece, but I thought that they did such a good job with that premise. It just felt so so close mm-hmm. and I totally get that when you've written as much as Stephen King has you cannot have anything like there's there's always gonna be you can only invent so many stories right you know there, you're always in and I think that there's validity in going back and trying to rework some of your other stories like hey I like this concept I'd like to imagine it in this setting kind of mm-hmm. thing I just think when you compare it to the Tide one it didn't really compare for me yeah i i think that i didn't see the husband as this big intimidating guy just being a big old goof and i'm like yeah i mean like i i agree that the ledge thing that's like they do a really good job with that piece but i you'd think that he'd take a little bit more time and be a little bit more glee or he was so it was like kid on christmas yeah and it just wasn't it didn't hit the yeah. mark for me
0: not well acted it's no you're, you're supposed to believe he's some powerful mafioso person as you you got the sense that there was power. Like, Leslie Nielsen's character...
1: Yes. ...was just used to getting like, away.
0: He, he was a powerful right. person in the driver's seat. So he, he didn't have to play extra tricks to... to no. You know, to get
1: because he, yeah, yeah. he just, he relished, and he just, in mm-hmm. that scenario that he... Yeah had created right
0: the, the ledge the story mm-hmm. that you know the stephen king story is mm-hmm. is better than the film and that's often mm-hmm. the case yeah but right. i so I, I think you know in its way it, it's maybe it's because i like the story so much that right. i'm willing to forgive this movie and yeah. overlook the you know the the weaker acting yeah and it's not like i'm overly excited about it but it's purely this this guy creeping along and at any moment I, i've seen it how many times i know what's going to happen Yet mm-hmm. I still feel like he's going to fall at any minute to his death. And right. it's well filmed in the sense that we get, we feel we are right on the ledge with him, you know? It's, For sure. So those pieces are there and there's, I guess there's a couple of decent twists in the end, but I, I again, the the reversal and kind of last scene, I'm not as sure about, well, we're happy the cat goes off. And now yes. stretching this, I mean, I don't quite know how the cat gets to Wilmington, North Carolina. They chose Wilmington because that's where they filmed this movie and and, mm. and and some other ones. I think Firestarter was actually filmed there too. But this is where we get into General, which is an original piece for the film. I thought because I I think I've been a little bit hard. I, I haven't reviewed on this show, but on another podcast, Firestarter, and I was a little bit hard on Drew Barrymore a bit as a child actor and I, I think she's pretty good. She does a good job of carrying the, the story. I, I, I thought the parents were stereotypes. Mm. You know, I, I didn't... The, the mom... Mom's no is, fun. Is, Dad's the... Yeah. Yeah. And
1: yeah.
0: Like, the mom's nagging and she's unnecessarily villainous.
2: Yeah.
0: Everything the dad does is completely wrong. We've seen that well dug up in, in films and television right forever. It's like a sitcom-ish type of stuff. Mm. I'm confused. Like, so General the cat is going to be euthanized after one day
1: yeah yeah there i had a lot of questions um not just from this story but like from the the beginnings like how they tied this story to the cat like what i don't understand the the link i don't understand why this little girl was like maybe i missed something i don't know i don't under i didn't get why the little girl was like astral projecting to this cat i don't
0: link the cat and and the girl maybe
1: but but that's I'm t- i don't i didn't get i didn't it and i <sighs> I don't need everything explained to me, but there were some, I think it was just I, I'm okay with not knowing all the things. In a in a movie, I'm okay with that. Like it's just gonna, but I think that was one I'm like that's a weird that's a weird one to let lie. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's a weird thing to bring up if you're not going to resolve it. What's
0: well, your through line for the three right. stories? And- right,
1: right, that's if that's the thing that's going to link all three stories together, I feel like that's not one of the things that you should not. I don't know. I don't know. Like cuz that one they wrote for the for the film yes
0: for the film yeah yeah, yeah so it, is one of his it, stories so
1: yeah it just kind of feels like taking a puzzle piece and putting it in where it almost fits and just kind of mm-hmm. like jamming it trying yeah. to jam yeah. it in i don't know
0: i feel like the, like, the general story and we haven't even gone into like into the, the horror right. story Piece in here besides mm-hmm. she has the whole problem with her parents and yeah they, they think the cat made this mess which it didn't be but the the danger to drew barrymore's character amanda amanda yeah the, the danger for amanda is that there's kind of like this gremlin character that's in her room and mm-hmm. is wanting to i think like take her soul or kill her or something like mm-hmm. that i think you
1: stealing, stealing her breath stealing her breath like was because that's what cats always get. That's how. That's an old wives tale with cats and babies yeah. that they'll steal their breath.
0: And that's what King's playing up right. on. And then really it's this this other creature. And the cat's mm. the hero. And knows that there's this danger. And and so then it's being taken off and is going to be killed. And then in a very convoluted manner escapes. And then goes on this journey to try to go and save Drew Barrymore before it's too late. I kind of like the the whole Gremlin creature business and that battle and how that all plays out. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's good action to it. I don't always go for a story like this. I, I, I think that part works, but the the human characters don't <laughs> as much.
1: Like you know, yeah. I thought it was in. I thought it was cool uh, how they shot the the little gremlin troll thing. I yeah. thought that they did a really good job with. I don't know, like a, a, Somebody in a suit and they like going or. You you know the the um, distortion that they were able to like it looked it looked, it looked really good. They did a good yeah. job with that special yeah. the special effects. Yeah, again, practical, practical
0: effects. Now yeah. they're CGI. And I
1: mean, again, like I like that in a horror movie, the cat was the hero because I've seen so much that either they're the easy prey that it's like, oh hey, this is we're gonna kill the cat to show how uh, how scary the animal to yeah. any to show how Walk scary this thing is. Sorry.
0: It'll often be a dog. too. Often him, maybe, the so. dog
1: or it's, or the cat is the omen of, uh, you know, something evil. So I'm like, yeah. Hey, victory for cats cool yeah. but yeah. yeah like drew barrymore super adorable is this like i, I quite like and i i quite like drew barrymore um mm-hmm. is this like the uh the amazing piece of, of film for her probably not no but yeah kept
0: her working as a child and sure. there's a lot to her life absolutely the years after that in particular but yeah i, I don't know for some reason I, I i would see her in firestarter acting and maybe i or maybe i was prepared for it and I, I i didn't see her trying to act as much i mean i kind of bought her as this little girl particularly in the general story right i, I was found it kind of like her pop like when she would pop up and and talk to the cat in the first two stories yeah it was kind of silly but I, yeah
1: like, i just don't know why do. i didn't think it had to be like that like no. it did there was no I, I don't think there was a purpose for it i think that that like there's no reason why the cat couldn't have just showed up like i mean if the if the cat's just kind of traveling or whatnot and just like as a stray i don't think that there's a reason why it couldn't have just showed up at the house i don't understand why that there had to be like disembodied and a disembodied voice yeah. i don't know yeah
0: i feel like there, there's the potential for something here i mean this is not one that gets <laughs> mentioned as much as creep show but be it existed because Creepshow was such a hit right. this and like Tales from the Dark Side and there, there are mm-hmm. several like horror anthologies and just anthologies in general that came after Creepshow as a result and it, it's been kind of an interesting one for me to, to look at it I think it it has its problems but it also has its good points too and right you know, I, maybe I'm maybe I'm more relaxed with this one because I don't feel like I have to be thinking that this is the greatest thing ever like a couple of the other ones that we were t- talking about I think people People will get something out of it but if you ask too many hard questions it's probably not gonna oh. I,
1: mean, I i have a bad habit of doing, again like asking logic on oh, yeah. an illogical place yeah. logic like I, mean, I know that i need to stop doing that i just like you know it's it's wonders i wonder no i, I did enjoy at the very beginning the uh the little shout outs to like, like oh, getting to, to Cujo and christine. Oh, christine i didn't realize that those movies came out the same like they both came out in 83
0: yeah there, there were there were some in '84, yeah, the, that kind of three-four year period. There were mm-hmm. a ton of Stephen Kings. '84 alone, I think, had Firestarter, Children of the Corn, was Christine '84, and there, I'm forgetting there was one other. So they were all kind of in in, in recent memory, and so Great. so well, I think and- for Stephen King fans, there's a lot to enjoy. Also, at one point, this is before Pet Cemetery had become a movie, mm. but I think the the mom in 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 general is reading Pet Cemetery as well.
1: Oh, okay. cool awesome yeah Yeah. i didn't pick up on that one i think i noticed it at the beginning because i'm you know going right into it oh hey rabid dog cujo Uh, right there yeah
0: cujo was uh chasing general uh we didn't know it was general at the time but the cat at the very beginning there which was part of the the whole lead-in so it sounds like i mean it sounds you like you liked it
1: i liked it i like i i had some questions and i think that the middle one was kind of for me but i mean it kept my attention i is it anything that I'm gonna watch over and over and over again. No, but I thought that James Woods did a solid job in the first one. Yeah,
0: acting wise, I think he's he's the person to see in the movie For as far sure. well as the acting. Sure. Um, and Barrymore is pretty good, but the rest is is fine. But you know, yep. it's certainly not doesn't have the acting that the other three movies have to sort of no. carry, it, carry it through through all the story.
1: Agreed.
2: No! Oh, I'll just get out. Of Get
1: out of here! Just...
2: Richard! Richard, will you get it out of here? Well, found a friend, Harry. <laughs> I'm just wild about Harry. Richard, get her out of here. He's just getting revenge, Harry. For all the relatives of his that you ate, baked, and stuffed at Mama's arm. Bad fellow, you afford. <laughs> money. Look, I am money. I'll give you anything. Just get, just get me out of this hole. All right? Well, I have something here, Harry. Take your mind off of it. Come on, Richard, please. Rich, shelter. Becky. That great video. I love this stuff. Now just look at the quality of that picture, Harry. Somebody! Becky? No! Becky! Can't hear you. I'm sorry. She lost a coin toss. I had to bury her further down the beach. Couldn't even leave her a monitor. It would have shorted out by now. No, no. No, that's a trick. You son of a bitch! That's some uh, some kind of a special effects trick in there. If you just take a look at the VCR back there. Oh, I'm sorry. You can't turn my head. Let me assure you, Harry. The VCR is not on play. It's on record. I'm going to save this stuff. Two, you're a part of my whole movies. You're insane. Oh, don't be long now. Huh? Not long at all.
0: Oh my God. You are insane, Kelsey. Thank you so much. We it it was only four movies, but it feels like we had to review a lot.
1: It's a lot of. It's. It's so much consideration because, like, even just uh, talking with, you know, like discussing it, sometimes you kind of refinance. I'm like, I have, I always come up with a system where I'm like, okay, first one, I'll give like this many points, or, you know, I kind of first, second, third, fourth kind of thing. And that sometimes shifts when I discuss it, right?
0: Yeah, that, that can sometimes happen. For it's sure. sometimes I the points, I try not to fix the game a little bit by, Changing my points, in the episode, mm. and then sometimes I'll be like, "Okay, I sounded like I really didn't like something, but I'm giving it a decent number of points." It no, for like, sure. I sounded like I was really defending it, but I didn't give it as many points as it sounds like I would. Yeah, have.
1: well, and I think also like with the fact that it's multiple stories, that kind of comes into it too, right? Because even though maybe there's a couple stories that I super like in one. Mm-hmm. maybe over the overall movie of a different one i enjoyed i enjoyed more right yep. yeah at one point
0: i thought of having a massive number of points and, and just like taking a look at like all, all the stories but it would be unfair as far as thank creep-
1: you for not doing that <laughs>
0: no. it, it wouldn't be fair to the ones that have three stories versus the ones that have five stories. right i mean there's
2: yep. you know just
0: yep. inevitably there'd be more points for a creep show over a a trilogy of terror right. or something like that so yeah just doing the overall so i'll uh, we'll start off in the order that we review them in mm-hmm. how many points uh would you give creep show
1: i gave creep show 11 points i don't think it I, like i said it's not one that is in my top list of movies ever but i think that the two stories in the middle with the crate and then the tide i thought had were standouts and I did really appreciate just the technical aspects of it I thought that they were going for a comic book and they were really successful at keeping that theme throughout also had some weaker stories for sure and ones that kind of were super cringy but Mm -hmm. I thought I, I understand why it's such a big deal within the community
0: trilogy of terror how many points for that
1: that got a 10 for me i that last one just had such an that last shot stuck with me probably the most out of the three or the the the, the three others it's just mm-hmm. a really when something like sticks with you throughout that that's pretty impressive to yeah. me yeah yeah,
0: yeah. obviously on their you know
1: mm-hmm. on
0: their blu-ray they they know that and they have you know mm-hmm. this cartoonish okay. version of that shot no, For sure. Trick or treat.
1: I gave that one 12 cuz I still think it works. Maybe that maybe that's okay. So I said at the beginning when we talked about the short stories, maybe that is something that I prefer more in me viewing because I like I mean I don't know, I like the way it weaves it all weaves together and I like the little throw-ins and I I like that it's I like that it's fun. I think it's my it is a classic Halloween movie to me,
0: and Cat's Eye.
1: I gave that one a seven. Mm-hmm. I really liked the 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 acting in the first one, but I think there just were too many uh, too many moments of like, oh okay, they're they're doing that. Okay, I don't really get that.
0: How was the cat in Suburbia then with the mob then in different part of yeah. the UK? yeah yeah I just yes I we don't ask
1: yeah, just yeah. It could even just be the collection of stories, right? Like, I mean, really, you could could take little bits of both, maybe uh, reassembled into different anthologies. It would be totally different, right?
0: Well, I would say we are eerily similar with points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in fact, we agreed in tons of places here. I also gave Creepshow eleven. It it, it has grown on me. Uh, I'm not completely there because I just think a couple of the stories are forgettable and one story is bad, but. I, I'm I'm getting why people like it more and mm-hmm. more. There. And Trilogy of Terror. That's the one I maybe am defending or liking a little bit more than maybe it deserves to be able to produce the the quality of the scares and what they were doing with the nineteen seventies network television TV movie based on Richard Matheson's writings. I think was incredible and oh, really? and to have a, a a great role for a woman. To like, that she is the one who was the catalyst for all of these stories at a time when still that wasn't really and before, uh, it was still kind of a, a man's world directing yes. uh, horror stories. I think that was worthwhile. So I gave it 12 points, mm-hmm. trick or treat. Again, this is the one I wrestle with, but I I, I still like it enough. I, I gave it in the middle a 10 because I, I know somewhere deep down in my heart, I'm supposed to love this movie more than I do. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm trying to figure out why I can't get excited about it. Yet everything we talk about, you know, there's a couple things that feel a little bit off center and politically mm-hmm. correct, but yet it, you know, it it is, it is good and it is mm-hmm. ambitious and well thought out and particularly well directed and there's some good acting in there. So mm-hmm. 10 for that one. And we had the exact same number of points for Cat's Eye. Yeah, obviously the weakest of our of our group. A few things are uneven. I you like the Quitters Ink story, which to me I was less bothered by like the the through line with the cat. I accepted a lot of that, but some of the really bad scenes in that first story. That's what I think of, unfortunately, with cat, mm-hmm. Cat's Eye, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to the cleverness of the premise and and mm-hmm. how good. Stephen King's short story is, because it is a good short story mm-hmm. that it's based on. And I like The Ledge a bit more than you did, but uh, I recognize the the flaws that you pointed out in it. So what, very weird, a show with four, uh, four movies and the total number of points, three of them had the exact same.
1: That's so three funny.
0: 22, that's how in between were yeah. show, Trilogy of Terror, and Trick or Treat all had 22. But sadly for Cat's Eye, 14 points now here's i have
1: this <laughs>
0: you have it right now i do uh the other piece with it is it is a creep disc is attached to creep show as well so <laughs> I, I think what i've kind of reconciled myself to is if if it was going to be one of those two movies that the disc has to leave my my collection i will maybe find some way to uh Get Creepshow back into my collection at some point if I feel the need. But yet with streaming services, I think it's always kind of a movie that's available anyway. So I don't need to taking up space in my uh, place there. So you get to decide Mm -hmm. uh, what is done with uh, Cat's Eye with uh, Creepshow attached to it.
1: I was going to say uh, make, make a comment about I'm going to mail it to a disembodied voice or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I forgot that. I, this is one thing I forgot. I get to decide what I do. May I please drop it off at Julia McPherson's house? Yeah. Randomly? Without yeah. any explanation? Yeah. To yeah. Maybe creep her out a little bit. That's May curious. I do that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: When this airs, she'll know if she. I don't know if she listens to the podcast.
1: <laughs> that will be the. I will. I am a. Ooh, you know what? She's picking me up around seven. So. Oh. Um. I'm going to take it and hide it in her car. Oh, her I love box, that that's good. Yeah. Yes, that's what yeah. I will do. That's what I will do with it.
0: Perfect. <laughs> Sounds like a good if you. If you're able to, it's tough when you're hiding something. Yeah. If you take a picture and send it to me. I will. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That'll be I'll make That's her good.
1: stop at McDonald's for me or something like that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> nice nice that all sounds right. great uh kelsey thank you for being on uh, the show and i hope we can have you on again so just before i go as i always do plug a few podcasts here film feast matt bledsoe's podcast is they're all terrific podcasts but a terrific movie po- podcast a lifetime of hallmark that uh, regular contributor regular guest on here kurt fitzpatrick is one of the co-hosts of and of course rank and review larry parsons show uh, which is on a bit of a hiatus right now but uh go back if you haven't and listen to some of his older episodes and every time i listen to his show i i learn something about the horror genre and uh (laughs) just in general i Just hope people continue to be safe and to be kind to one another. We're still living through interesting times and we're, you know, Kelsey and I are both teachers and we certainly are experiencing and seeing that right now. And so kindness is the antidote to some of the other stuff that's going on. So thank you very much.
1: Thank you.